record away. All right, we're ready to record. And uh, happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. I thought we'd begin with a little uh, fun uh, joke from this woman I found on TikTok. Quick one, quick one for you before I go. Paddy and Mick were out on the fishing, and uh, Paddy trailed around. He says to Mick, Mick, I think I'm uh, getting a divorce. She hasn't spoken to me in fucking two weeks. So Mick trailed around to him and says, I'd be very careful, and I think twice about that because there's not many of them women left. Just fucking hold on to her. <laughs> so if you want to get rid of him, don't fucking talk to him. Talk to him later. See, Bye. she hasn't talked to him in two quick weeks. One more, for, quick one, and, uh, yeah, before all right, I go. All right, all right, all right. Paddy and Mick were out on there. Yeah, see, so he hasn't talked to him in two weeks, and then oh, I get it, right. He went a whole long way. I have trouble with those accents. I know she's hard to, um, but you know what? I thought, hey. A little St. Paddy's Day, you know, something to start mm-hmm. the show. You know, I'm just trying to make a, make a difference in people's Be lives. Be topical. Be topical. <laughs> Sorry. Although I've been watching this wonderful show called Last Tango in Halifax, Halifax, England, as I explained to you pr- previously, and I'm I, I, I'm getting through that without. It's a subtitles? British show. Yeah. yeah, I'm getting through it without subtitles. I'm somewhat proud of myself. You mm-hmm. should be. I uh, I need subtitles sometimes with you because I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> no idea. No, I know. Uh, Dan Duran's time here now. Look at Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred is coming to you live from the beginning of the rainbow in Brampton and the end of the rainbow in Toronto. And is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Health Gauge, and GoDaddy. And now here are two men who celebrate Maywin's Cat Day. By eating a traditional meal of cabbage and Irish bacon, followed by a rousing discussion of whether paganism or Christianity is better. It's Humble and Fred. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Dan Dan. Daniel. Daniel. I got to Daniel, yeah. Did you get on or didn't hear the Daniel? So there's this thing I came across called namerology. And it's a way you can just put in somebody's name and find out when that name was popular and how popular is that name right now. Starting with Dan. I was surprised when I I did some research here. Research. (laughs) It's so so full of shit. (laughs) Google's. Google's. (laughs) You know, because I always make fun of. When people said it, oh, I was doing some research. I'm like, oh yeah, did you Google something? Anyway, I was I was looking, I was playing around with it this morning, and I thought for sure that you, Dan, would have the most popular name of the three of us. Right. Well, it's in the book of the Bible, right? Exactly. So it's been around for a while. It's but classic. So Dan, in uh, the 1800s, uh, Dan d- sort of ranked pretty low. But you, your popularity peaked, Dan. The name Dan peaked in the 1980s. Um, but your top rank was uh, in the 1880s. But in the 1980s, you were in the top five or 600 names. And you're shaking your head, Freddie, because, of course, you have a Dan. Who was born in 1985. Exactly. Yeah. No. But my Dan, my Dan wasn't named necessarily off popularity. It was he was named more off Dan's I knew who who just generally seemed to be happy, go lucky, friendly people. 
It's like that. Uh, these are the Dan's I know. I know. These <laughs> yeah. are the Dan's so, I know. No, but that, so that Dan's trend every hundred years or, or so. Is what you're and we hadn't even met Dan Duran yet. Yeah, yeah that was pre-Dan. Um, Fred, Frederick, Freddy, Freddy, Frederick, Frederick. All sorts of different spellings, by the way. You spell your Frederick I-C-K, but there's also an I-C Frederick, which I didn't know until I did this research. And Friedrich, of course, uh, very popular with uh, the Nazis. Right. Your name, and again, I thought for sure your name would have been like super popular throughout all of time. But actually, once again, your peak was in the 1880s. In the 1880s, Fred, or variations of it, Ranked 15th. Mm-hmm. Now is the days. Um, your rank is in the year 2020. The name Fred ranked 1822nd. Dan, your name in the current times, though, still doing pretty well. Uh, Dan, Dan ranks uh, 875 in 2020. Hmm. Really? Yeah. There's 879 names that are ahead of Dan? Oh, yeah. Wow. wow. Okay, now wait till you get to my name. Mm-hmm. Oy, oy. I actually had apparently Howard. Surprisingly, now Dan, Dan peaked or Frederick Fred peaked at fifteen, but Howard in the nineteen tens was a top ranked name, twenty seventh, a top rank in the nineteen twenties. By the time I was born, though, in the nineteen sixties. Howard, start, Howard, it started to lose its popularity. In fact, it wanes from the 1960s down to the point where, uh, in the year 2020, it's literally <laughs> barely on the graph. It basically just says, Howard, not that much. <laughs> so you... Very few. It says, Howard, very few. <laughs> anyway... Um, you notice nowadays people tend not to name kids after someone else as much as they used to. Yes. People tend to pick names based on popularity and they think it's cool or whatever the reason might be. Now, I was named after my grandfather, Fred, who was born in 1899. Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. So according to your um, research... <laughs> yeah. You see, he was named Fred, born in England, I guess, when Fred was rather popular. And I got the name because I was named after him, not necessarily because my mom thought it was a a cooler, you know, groovy name. Yeah, it was, we, when people used to be named in honor of other yes. people. Yes. Mm-hmm. And th- that's why when my, you know, when... Uh, Johnny Slapshot was born or any of my nephews, you know, you sort of hold your breath thinking, oh, I wonder if Fred will be attached to that. But it never was. And I understand that because in the new era, Fred isn't very cool, like Howard. Not even for a middle name? You didn't get a middle name in there? No, no. Now, in in my with my people, uh, fans of Tiger, with my people, Mm -hmm. uh, the Hebrews, you're only supposed to name kids. It's not. It's tradition in the culture to name people only after dead people, only in honor of a relative, right? Oh, okay. But as I've explained before on the show, sometimes, you know, the younger generation of Jews, Randy, myself, 
named our kids. We we found a Hebrew equivalent of that name, and it doesn't I don't know. Was it, we just sort of gamed the system? One of my kids' name is Charlie. Now, Charlie for a boy peaked also in the 1800s and had a bit of a resurgence in the in the 2010s 2020s but then you click on girl name and charlie as a girl name was almost non-existent until now we are my daughter was born in 1994 Mm -hmm. but now charlie as a girl name is had a huge resurgence in the top hundred of of girl names in 2020 Mm mm-hmm Whereas back in the 1960s, when I was born and you were a kid, uh, no mm-hmm. girls were named Charlie. I love that name for a girl. You know, and that's one thing I like about Dan. Like Dan, Danny, and Daniel, I like all three of those um, usage, usages of that name. Iterations. Okay, that's the word. Um, Charlie... Like for a, 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 a boy, Charlie, I think, is a great name. Charles is a bit stuffy, a little, I don't know, I tend to think of Prince Charles. But I love the name Charlie, either for a boy or a girl now. Mm-hmm. I think it's, you know what other name I really like for a girl right now is Millie. Have you heard Millie? I just think that's a cool name. Isn't it interesting that Millie sounds cool, but they, where it's derived from, Mildred, it yeah. doesn't yeah. like I, I yeah. told you one of the people I golf with my last round of golf a couple of weeks ago seems like years ago in Palm Springs with, with was with a woman named named Muriel. Where does right. Muriel rank? <laughs> I mean, if you're naming your kid Muriel now, although I guess Muriel for a uh, yeah, Muriel really had a good run in the 1910s, 1920s top ranked name Muriel. And uh, basically, <laughs> this is, I wish I could show you guys this chart because basically after 1960s, it's blank. I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. kidding. Nobody, apparently, according to this era, there's been nobody named Muriel or admitted to it mm-hmm. since the 1950s. What about Madge? <laughs> Madge. What or is Gladys. that short for a Madge? <laughs> I don't know. No matches. <laughs> or Gladys. Gladys. They're all very 1950s names. Right? No one has about. named their kid Gladys. Oh, I'm sorry. That's for boys. <laughs> 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 anyway. No I girls just, have been named Gladys. I, I didn't want to make this the whole show. But it's Why? the kind of, This is great. <laughs> I know. It's the kind of thing that I thought, oh, I'll throw it out there, see what the boys have to say. And then I realized this, this, we could do 90 minutes on this. <laughs> Please call in now and how yeah, it'll search. I'll source you. your name with my research <laughs> instrument. So what are the cookers now? Like some of the names I'm hearing nowadays, it's just like I I it's like, wow, nice try, but nice try for coolness, but I think you missed the mark. Well, and off of, the top of my head I can't think of them, but some of these names I hear nowadays, it's what? Well, one of the names I just put in and one of my best buddies, uh, Fraser's daughter, Madison, which is a great nice. name for a girl. Maddie. Maddie. Um in the decade of the 2000s was the second ranked name. Okay. Another one, and by the way, another one of his kids, great, he has two great, well, all great kids' names, but his, his youngest daughter, who I, I know, uh, Randy and his wife were pregnant with Spencer and Kennedy, which is mm-hmm. a great name for a, mm-hmm. a kid. Boy or girl, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, also became very popular in the 2000s. I can't think of one of the new names like apple and no i know what about uh, elon musk's kids names what are they i can't remember 
I don't even know how to pronounce them, but they've got two kids now, right? Didn't I don't know their names. I know Elon as a name, though, didn't come into... Well, not a whole lot of people were naming their kids Elon. Finally, before we leave this, what about Adolf? I wonder how that's doing. Yeah, Adolf, very popular in the uh, 1800s into the early 1900s, and then sort of dropped off after 1940. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's literally nobody, and literally after, in, in this chart, if you can see it in the, in the, 19, in the uh, 2000s and the 1900s, and so, this like nobody is calling their kid Adolf. Well, I wonder if that's going to happen with Vladimir, because it like every other male out of Russia's name is Vladimir. I mean, look at in the in like in the NHL. There's a, I think there's a ton of Vladimir's, and obviously it's a very popular name in Russia. Is that going to disappear in the next few years? I don't Who know. Wants man. to be associated with that? You know, monster? I'm I'm sorry, my research didn't extend to that. To what? To Vladimir. Oh, um, well, it's too it's too new. Yeah. To to be trending one way or the other. Uh, Dan Duran's news is coming up a little bit later. Also today on the show, a good friend of ours, broadcaster Larry Fedorik, host of Later That Same Life and the award-winning uh, I Was Eight podcast. Very, very interesting. Um, as well, Kate Bain from Charity Intelligence Canada. And uh, we're having them on the show. They've, they, they have every charity and organization that's fundraising for Ukraine. Um, anyway, this is a place where we can discuss... Where we might, you know, send some support to the Ukrainian people who are getting the uh, shit kicked out of them every day uh, by an asshole. That's really basically, I mean, that's my, I'm, I'm, I'm summing up the war. And it might be a nice for us and our audience to find a place where we can uh, send some support. And Kate will be on later talking about that. Mm-hmm. I told you, you know, the Airbnb uh, method, which was pretty clever <clears throat> when you think about it, because it's sort of a third party. So you go on Airbnb and you look at Ukraine rentals and you rent them, which means the people, you know, Airbnb holds the money for the people, you know, with no intention of ever going there, of course, but it's just a way of transferring money during these weird times. And uh, apparently millions have uh, transferred through Airbnb. Well, you actually were telling me before we hit record. Yeah. Um, Dan Duran left before I, I had a I had a grown up question for Dan and you, and he just he just left. Oh, I think he's trying to save his ice sculptures this morning because <laughs> it's going to be like seventeen or eighteen degrees at the lake today. So I think he's trying to save his ice sculptures. Is that what he's doing? He's got to rush out to yeah. the lake. Uh, uh-huh. I got to get him back on because I had a question for you too because you're the sort of grown up. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't mean for the whole naming thing to take us. You know that much well, time. That? Oh. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Did you? Oh, it was a nice, it was nice relief from the horrible things going on on Earth right now. Yeah, it's pretty grim. Uh, Dan, I just wanted Dan Duran to come back because I had, you know, you're the two, well, two of uh, the in my circle of men that I know, sort of the grown ups and do grown up stuff around the house. I had a question. I had a tire question for both of you. A tire, like yeah, g- g- like oh, a yeah. tire on your car. Yeah. So I got back from Palm Springs. I noticed that my left front winter tires, which I have on my car now, 
my left front had a bit of a slow leak and I went and filled it up. I just thought, you know, with the temperature variant, sometimes your tires will lose a little air and, you know, you've seen that. So I filled it up a few times and it seemed fine. And anyway, I did that a couple days and I could, I thought, well, I'm probably going to have to get it fixed. And I, yesterday I started driving out of here and it's completely flat. Mm. It's a winter tire, completely flat. So here's my question. Two questions, really. Like, I have my summer tires here in the garage because I was going to do a... doesn't matter. I was going to get rid of my car, and now I'm not sure I am. But my point to you two is, should I, after the show, put one of my summer tires on that tire? doesn't matter which one, I'm assuming. Drive it over to get the winter tire repaired. Put the winter tire back on. And I guess what I'm asking is, do I need to have my winter's on for the next month like you know our weather around here gets variable or do i just and again i know this sounds maybe sounds stupid to you too if i put my summer on there now with the other three winters does that do something to the car's balance what are your thoughts dan uh yes and no it would probably won't make that much difference if you're not doing highway driving uh, I wouldn't do that for very long because there's wear things. And if you take one of the tires off the pile, by the way, and do do that, um, keep an eye on the right left. They usually mark it with chalk or a grease pencil or something um, because uh, the right side and the left side, I, I guess the rotation or whatever is sort of uh, tuned for, for. So they're uh, in those bags right now. You, you, I yeah. would assume if I open those bags, there'll be an indication. I was going to ask you that. I thought it was a dumb question. Mm-hmm. There, will there be an indication of right, left, front, back, or just right, left? Right, left. I think they can flip front, back, uh, independent of each other. It doesn't matter. But uh, but left, right does as far as you know your your tire rotation. But the other way it works. Uh, that, yeah. that part makes sense to me. What do you think, Freddie? Well, number one. Um, Snow tires tend to be smaller than your regular tires in a lot of situations, um, which isn't the best thing if one is different size than the other. Okay. Um, what I would say, and you know, this is um, sort of preemptive. Do you have CAA? No. Oh. What I would do is I would get the snow tire fixed and leave it on for a month or so if that gives you peace of mind and then you know next fall that it's already been fixed rather than maybe take it off and wait to have it fixed or whatever you plan on doing but that's what i would do or take it over with a a summer on a short drive and just get them to put your summers on but make sure they fix the the winter now so it's ready in the fall so to speak well, I guess, yeah, I mean, because I, I saw you make a face when I said is there's going to be some weather, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. I see I, I don't I don't have snow tires. So to me, it's the reason I made that face. It's like, you know, I it's tough for me to relate to. I always make sure there's snow tires on Delisa's car because for her peace of mind. But it seems to me that you're talking like half a dozen days a year that you actually need snow tires, which is important, whether it's half a dozen or 60. You know not, up I mean? <clears throat> not up here. Not up here. We're in Peterborough. Yeah, yeah. Outside the city, I suppose. Yeah. yeah but then, there's, have you heard the seven and seven, what is seven, seven for seven rolls? I think it's, it's seven days uh, that the temperature is above seven degrees in a row. And then you can change over your tires from oh. winter. The whole problem with, cha- with, with doing it, uh, uh, well, if you do it early, I suppose the, uh, 
your your tires won't work as well. So that's not that big of a deal in Toronto because oh. you know you haven't got a lot of snow. But it's mm-hmm. the other way around that's the problem. Plus, there's this dimension. It was part of my thinking heading into this winter because every winter I think, oh, I should be this should be the year I get snow tires. I thought, no, given my current lifestyle. If it's a horrible snowy day, I just won't go anywhere. That's right. <laughs> yeah. um, and finally, you know? do you trust me or do I trust me? It's been, I mean, I've changed. I changed my tire on the 427 heading southbound just above the airport a few years ago, a few cars ago. Wow. And I remember telling wow. somebody, I think it was Fred. I think, hey, I just changed my tire on the side of the road. You're like, what are you doing? But my point is, I know how to change a tire. Um, I, I can I can be trusted to put the tire on and drive it sure. over to the thing, can't yes. I? Yeah, for okay, sure. Because yeah. right. then yeah. they'll do it all properly for you, obviously. Right. Um, like they, they like to tension nuts. <laughs> Say again, <laughs> Howard. What was that? Yeah. What was that? <laughs> Dad? Uh, sorry, it's tensioning the nuts. Okay, <laughs> they like to tension. They take with a, a t- torque wrench out and yeah, with a torque wrench, yeah. Howard. I'll tell you, the best deal going for peace of mind is like 100 bucks a year for CAA. It's fantastic. If you had CAA, you could just call a guy and he'd come over and do the switch for you. And Sometimes they can fix them right on, on the spot. Okay. If you ever need a tow, you know, for less than, I think, yeah, it's like 100 bucks for... Maybe not. You even know, for a while there, the entry level inside the marriage. I think we had CAA, but I never renewed it. Dan, where do I find? Um, if I'm looking for Spotify, which I just shut down, where in my Mac do I find it under System Preferences, or where is it now? Like you know, when you lose an app and it shuts down, where did it go? Uh, well, uh, press F4 and then type Spotify up there. Is that helpful? Um, F4, just F or shift F4? No, just F4. Well, it's not doing that on my... Oh, okay. Well, maybe you're, um, you're, you've got a, a newer computer. I'm sorry. So we're going to have to figure this out because I've lost my uh, Spotify. Anyway, thanks, guys. Thanks for this. Uh, I'll talk to you both later. Appreciate. Mm, yeah. Uh, but okay. just, uh, yeah, I can't... Um, we're not going to have any transition music if I can't find this. Hey, you didn't... You didn't... How far did you drive oh, with the flat tire? At all? Yeah. Because I, I didn't... How, like I, 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 I drove like a half a block, and then I, then I went out and I saw it was, it's on its rim, and I went to oh. get that. Yes, I hope you didn't ruin the tire. Well, I, I hope I didn't either. Because driving it flat can just destroy the sidewall, weaken the sidewall. Right. Well, I might have to get a new tire, or two yeah. tires. Why two tires? Because your tire might be unbalanced. Then you know, one tire. Well, they would worn. balance it. No, no, I mean the balance of the wear, the wear. Oh, right. So one tire, I like, you know, you want the left and the right side to be equal. So if one mm-hmm. tire's worn down and the other's brand new, it's going to be a little bit different. All right, gentlemen, thank you for uh, your counsel. Thanks, Dan. Uh, what, tire Dan, talk. Tire talk. Tire talk and names. And, uh, you know, hey, we're just trying to keep it real. Dan Duran, uh, back with the news. And uh, much appreciated. Fred, before we get to Larry and, and other stuff on this program, besides names and tires and Spotify, uh, obviously I figured out where it is. It's under applications, by the way. Here's a, a, an important message. Well, here's to the retirement Sherpa, who yesterday was at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida, with his family. Here's hoping they had a, a good time, because, you know, Tim deserves good times, because he does 
Such good work for so many. Tim is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. We've told you about Tim. You know, he's got licenses on both sides of the border. He can help whoever. In fact, we listed, I believe it was yesterday, some of the places that he has gathered Humble and Fred listeners from both sides of the borders internationally as well, I believe. Uh... If uh, you need a guy to look at your existing plan or you want to start from scratch, he's your guy. Go to retirementsherpa.ca. Yeah, he is. Of course, if you're a small business person, kind of like we are, and you want to power your small business, we recommend GoDaddy. Go get GoDaddy. You can start your website for free. How about that? No credit card is even required. Seems like a great deal. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. The program, this program, is helped uh, each and every day by GoDaddy. And so are so many other small businesses and entrepreneurs. 25 years and 20 million customers worldwide. You even get 24-7 phone support. Who does that nowadays? Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Well, I uh, took control of the first couple of topics... There's a bunch of other stuff going on. What uh, What's on your plate this morning, Brampton boy? Yeah, I don't even know how to position this story because it's so horrific and it's not the war. But it was a story on the news yesterday out of Oshawa. And again, I just say this with all seriousness because I can't imagine. And it made me think of our buddy Dan Duran who suffered a, a horrific you know, face injury with a chainsaw years and years ago. Mm -hmm. But yesterday in Oshawa, there was an arborist working on a street in Oshawa with a huge wood chipper and somehow got caught up in it and died instantly on the scene. Oh, my goodness. Like, you can't can't hear that story without your mind running wild. Like, as I said to the least, there's a guy who showed up with work, probably joking around with his buddies, having his coffee and everything. And by 8.30 in the morning, you know, they had to cover up this wood chipper and take it somewhere so they could extract the body. Um, yeah. Why do I bring that up? Only because it's, again, all the things that went through my mind and how quickly your life can be gone and the different levels or the different ways that uh, we can meet our demise. And that one just sort of stuck with me. And again, I'm reading about it again this morning. And, uh, you know, the what, what that family... Listen, anybody who dies, their family goes through a lot. But this one in particular, I'm just thinking, like, why? Why? What happened? You know, did he have the branch? Did he get caught in his coat? Like, you would think if you're an arborist and you're working with a wood chipper, you're aware of all the safety measures from from beginning to end. Like, what happened? Like, did he get caught on his coat and within a split second it grabbed his arm and pulled him in? Not to bring everybody down. Well, but. I'm just waiting for a jump in point here. I mean, the randomness of it is, I think, what you're referring to. And not, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously, any death in a family is going to affect the family. But that one is just a bunch of people going, what? So there's no. I don't mean to be flip about it, but people are like, it's it's the shock of like, what? He's dead? How? And then it becomes even more of like, then you think, did he suffer? Because you know there are lots of ways to go that are a lot less 
Mm-hmm. I mean, dying instantly in a car accident or having an aneurysm and falling over or whatever. But did the arborist know? Was there a split second? As you said, like if you work around wood chippers all the time, you would be hyper aware of what they can do. And then was there a second just before yeah. death that there was a realization or was there or did it was there a struggle? Like how fast did it happen? <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's like something out of a horror movie. And if you've ever seen a wood chipper, they're ugly machines. Yeah, it's like very you aggressive. see them at work. Yeah. Like if you're looking at a wood chipper, even obviously before this, it's <clears throat> your mind can't help but go like, man, what if my hand was in there or something? Oh, yeah. It's 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 again no real end to this other than well, I can't imagine. Again, that his as you say, his last moments of life and what the family's going through now and how the death came and how necess- unnecessary it probably was. Well, uh, another story. Huh? No, I was going to say, and you're right. You know, at, at some point on the way to work, you know, he's having mm-hmm. a chat, maybe talking to a buddy on the phone yeah. and you say having a coffee when he got there. And then, you know, seconds later, yeah. he's no more. Yeah. What's your other story? Well, help me, you know, because I'm somewhat, you know, entertainment deficient. And I keep hearing, and not to put you on the spot because I'm not sure you know, but all I keep hearing is uh, about is Kanye West, Pete Davidson, and Kim Kardashian and some wild controversy going on around them. And the late night guys are making jokes about it and everything. What, like, what do I have to do to get up to speed on that? Or do I even need to bother? Well, you don't need to bother. I, I'm only, I'm barely further down the road than you. It's interesting you said that because I've also thought, is there something going on that I need to be somewhat aware of? Uh-huh. So Kim Kardashian, and I think you have the same badge of honor. I call it a badge of honor. In the, the, the Kardashians just celebrated 20 years of having a television show right. that I have seen zero seconds of. Same here. Now, I will tell you, there might have been a moment or two when my daughters were younger that it was on, and there was definitely a lot of talk about it in my family. So I'm not immune, but I've never seen an episode myself. So Kim Kardashian of the Kardashians is in a relationship with Pete Davidson, who has a bit of a funny streak going of dating really beautiful women. You know, and he's not, you know, he's not Brad Pitt. He's a quirky-looking comedian who was dating Ariana Grande and is now dating Kim Kardashian. So Pete um, Kanye West, who I'm, I guess was with Kim Kardashian before. I know I sound stupid by saying that, but mm-hmm. I think that's what it was, and that's what the controversy is. But apparently Kanye's like going crazy, like he won't let it go. Well, he hasn't yeah, got guess- far to go to go crazy. Yesterday, he apparently tweeted some racial slur against Pete Davidson. What that is, I don't know. Is it Pete Davidson or was it against Trevor Noah? I thought he tweeted some. Oh, that's right. Right. I'm sorry. Through this. uh, That's right. I'm sorry. Trevor Noah was talking about it. Right. And then he tweeted something about Trevor Noah. No, it was in his Instagram account. Kanye's Instagram account has been frozen for 24 hours. Again, I don't know why I know that. And why? And what possibly could he say racially to Trevor Noah? I don't know. Both sort of black men. Would it be? Well, they're not sort of. They are black men. Well, yeah. Okay. I didn't know whether I should say that. (laughs) 
Yeah. You gotta tread because you, you can't know if somebody's black or white. You just have to be like, I don't know <laughs> what right. you are. Yeah. What I color might are you? So uh, Kardashian. <laughs> yeah, right. That was it. Yeah. yeah Kardashian. Uh, this comes. Uh, her relationship with Davidson comes amid her ongoing legal battle with Kanye, to whom she filed for divorce in February 2021 after nearly seven years of marriage. West continues to publicly comment on it. And a uh, judge declared Kardashian legally single on March 1st. You know, Delise and I often watch CTV News Toronto. As soon as it's over at 7 o'clock, there's an entertainment show on. I don't know what it is, but I dive for the clicker. Because I just, I, I cannot stand those shows. And, you know, they thrive and they do well. And Yeah. In fact, I'm surprised they're still on regular television because, you know, that's the type of thing you can get in bits and bytes all day long through social media. But the minute they start, you know, because they come on with such urgency and this is news, but it's all fluffy entertainment stuff that I don't give a shit about. And I, I like I don't even like it being on in the background, those shows. That's where I'm at. With yeah, that. It's interesting that, you, you know, I haven't watched, I, I watch so little regular television. I mean, other than CNN and obviously the networks when they show golf. But you're right. Like, anytime I remember those shows, entertainment shows, it's always, they're great at teasing through the stop sets. They're great at saying, coming up later, mm-hmm. Pete Davidson's in trouble with Kanye. You know what I mean? Like, but, in, in, and to your point, anything that happens on those shows, I've already seen. Yeah, bits and bites of it on social media the of the whole day. Who are those shows for? Because I'm thinking who they're directed at. Are they really watching TV at seven o'clock at night, or well, are the they for like not. an older demographic yeah. or something? I can't figure it out. Hey, and one other story. Which no, is but just, just before you leave, oh, I mean, it is I'm interesting. Sorry. I don't I, yeah. what I just read to you. I mean, I was aware there was something going mm-hmm. on, but this Pete Davidson's. Got something going on, man. Like, he really has, you know, that phrase, punches above his weight. Yes, I know he's famous, and he's really funny. But Uh you'd think that those women, Ariana Grande and Kim Kardashian, would go for more of a Kanye, you know, sort of a a different style of guy. But it does, you know, makes you think. Over the years when people, and I've told you this, and I'm being somewhat serious here. I know what you're going to say. People couldn't believe you were with, the least was with you. That's right. And people would say to her... Sometimes it was embarrassing. Yeah. Like, what, what did you see in Fred? Or how did you hook up with Fred and have that sort of in their voice? Like, mm. like <clears throat> incredulous. like an yeah. unlikely couple because yeah. you're so beautiful and he's so repulsive. <laughs> he's so ghastly. Yeah. Well, people Derek ask me. I'm sure repulsive. people ask you the same thing about hooking up with me. Uh, what was your third story? <laughs> but, but anyway, no, she, she would always say because he was funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but not professionally, just personally. <laughs> well, whatever. When, hey, what, whatever kidding. it was, it worked. I'm hello. <laughs> Can your do your headphones work? I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, what was the third story? Because I, I got a, I got. Listen, we've got a lot of ground yeah. to cover today because we don't do a show again until Monday. And I, I saw, I felt so happy for the um, mayor of Niagara Falls last night when I saw him on the news because as of April first, no more testing to enter the country. Yes. Which is gonna mean so much for Canadian tourism. You know, we all get caught up in you know, the masking and the mandates and all those things and sometimes we forget who's being left behind, but all those businesses, you know, those border towns especially that as of April 1st, you won't have to prove 
or you won't have to have a test to get into the country. Proof of vaccination, yes. Um, I mean, so, it, you know, there's still some stipulation, but eliminating that, you know, uh, uh, test that requirement come into the yeah. oh it's huge well I mean it's where because I, I was actually going to bring this up obviously because it's in the news daylight um, there's a daylight saving story but also this end of uh, the requirement but we talked about this earlier this week I think when I was saying to you yeah. we're talking about people mm-hmm. going to Buffalo Bills games yes. and I was asking I wonder how but even that'll it, that will help uh, more people who still who used to go back and forth across the border what Fred's talking about is this news story the federal government announces yesterday. Actually, they will announce today. I'm sorry. They, they, they will announce today mm-hmm. that the testing requirements for fully vaccinated travelers. Yes. The requirements, uh, April 1st, according to these sources, and I have a buddy who is leaving today, my buddy Stinky, on his way to Hawaii for two weeks, to Maui for two weeks. And I just sent him a note as soon as I saw this story mm-hmm. yesterday. I said, hey, pal, when you come back now. Mm-hmm. You won't have to do what I've just gone through, mm-hmm. what Rachel, Fred, everyone just went through, which is to get all. And, and I think that's great because it really well, does add a layer for a traveler. And I've done it twice now. It really does add a layer of sort of nervousness around the experience of coming home. Well, I looked at my suite last night on the couch and I said, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? The world is ours. <laughs> However, there are still countries to get into. You're going to need a test. That's it. so you gotta you gotta be on top of that. But what really works for us in Canada, and again those that have suffered financially, is you know as the weather gets good here in southern Ontario, you know how many people pour over from Michigan and New yeah. York State oh, yeah. at last year, the year before, or even if this um, uh, testing thing was still in place, would go. Ah, I can't be bothered. I'm not going to go there. So now, as long as they're vaccinated, they can come here. So that helps the Blue Jays. You know, and it, all it helps the tourist everything. stuff in Toronto and on and on and on. And I, and I think it also helps those border states as well. Because, oh, sure. Because sure. of yeah. just back, back to the the Bills example. Like, if I were a mm-hmm. Bills fan, and, you know, I'm not that I'm not, but I'm not like you. You know, I've gone to, like, four Bills games in my life. But imagine, you know, the, I, the aggravation of going there and trying yeah. to figure out how to get back. I was just, I wouldn't bother. And I can tell you, like, I just did this two weeks ago, but... Not that I was nervous, but the day I went to get my test and I had to put the new Arrive Canada app, and there was a lot of things, there's a lot of moving parts that would have maybe prevented somebody else from bothering or wanting to go through that process. No, absolutely. It's, you know, we keep hearing about the, what is it, the B2 variant that keeps popping its head up. Yeah. B dot BA dot two variant. Yeah. So you know, as of Monday, the masks are optional. As of April first, uh, no testing to come across the border. And just when you're feeling good about that, you keep hearing about this bloody thing. But well, I wanted to bring that up too. I mean, I have, I have all these things written down. BA two variant uh-huh. cross border. I'm a little bit nervous about the variant because it's come up before. You know, we've had this conversation. Last fall, prior to Omicron, and we, I think I said to you at one point, you know, the problem with this virus is it's not like there's going to be an announcement. It's now officially over. And, you know, I, I remember saying, you know, what happened? Will, will we ever have to do this? 
all these uh, uh, measures again. And then sure enough comes the next wave. And now they're talking about all these things being put away, masks and requirements. And I think to myself, then you go look and there's stories about like Germany in the Germany last couple of days had the highest number of cases yesterday in Germany. There was 275,000 cases in a country of, uh, what is Germany, 84 million people. The States, was, the states only 30,000 cases, and Canada only 5,000, just under 6,000. So to your point, to my point, which is, are we, is this premature again? Is this, are we going to go through another one of these lockdowns and waves, and, and what do we do? And then they're talking about getting a, most of us need to get 65 plus, need to get a fourth vaccine or a booster. Which I'll do. Me too. No, but I, I'm completely still on board with, uh, with Monday and April 1st, because we have to get on with it. There was a story published this week. It says 40 percent of people in canada under 40 years old are dealing with mental health issues because of the virus and remember in the early early um stages of this that was an argument like hey these lockdowns man we have to balance this with other health issues absolutely that that's one that's really got to be looked at i don't think and i don't know how we're going to handle it i don't think we can ever lock down again without I don't know about totally that, Totally destroying some people. Well, so, uh, we, we've got to... And you know what? You, we've learned a lot over the past two years, and I hate to say it. I mean, you look at Florida and some of the states that have just sort of stub, snubbed their nose at it and how they've got through it. I'm not saying to be exactly like them, but there's got to be a balance. No, I, I was going to use that word. There's, there's definitely a balance between too much and not enough. Right. And maybe here in Canada, especially Ontario, we have way erred on the side of maybe too much. And, and we talked about this right. earlier. And by the way, Larry's waiting here. But we okay. just quickly, you know, we talked about this earlier about it, it came down to hospitalizations in Toronto or Ontario. Right. And that needs to be addressed. But I can tell you, you know, you brought this up about your grandkids and the effect on them. And, you know, we were, you were talking about this with Dan about Colton has had two years of his life delayed. Well, I was thinking about mm-hmm. my kids after that conversation. You know, my daughter, Charlie, was basically sure. could have spent the last two years living in New York. What would her right. life? Well, how yeah. would life have been different? Spencer got out of university or college literally. And then the, the, the economy shut down. Her career, is, is, it's going nicely now, but it was a long delay for her between school and getting out in the world to work. Mm-hmm. Well, look at my your son, son. He was kicked in the nuts. He had a huge thing going on. It's still, and it's back on track, but he can't help but look back at the last two years and go, what if? I mean, yeah. it's tough to do that. Um, yeah. Crazy. Let's get to uh, just Larry. Before, yeah, okay. Yeah, just, just before, before Larry, Larry yeah. comes on, just so you know, I did the old man test and had no problem with it. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll talk about that later. L- literally, you could, you, could, you could lean down, put your sock yeah. on, tie your shoes, lean down, put the other one no, on, I just tie did your the shoe. socks like Dan. Oh, no, Dan did shoes. I was very impressed with Dan. Dan well, I could socks. have done the shoe because I was, yeah. like, solid as a rock. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just feeble. <laughs> maybe. Um, you know, last time we talked to Larry, he had the, I think he had the full-on COVID beard, but now he's got kind of a ravine vibe going on. <laughs> How's that for a reference? 
He looks jazzy, like a jazz no, he does. Musician. Remember, do you guys remember when Ravine, like Ravine, was like one of those names from our childhood? Come in awe, the man they call Ravine. He was just some tubby guy with a goatee. When Ravine came to town, it yes. was a big deal. Oh yeah, uh, Larry, we're gonna need a little more volume out of your microphone or. Uh, I much can you just turn your head? I'm not sure what you're using as a mic, but turn it up. Now it's off. Now it's off completely. Yeah, we're gonna need more than that. He's just done something. I, I feel bad now because he's done something we can't hear Larry at all. Larry, nope, nothing. No talkie, no talkie. Yeah, don't do that. Whatever you just, whatever you're doing, stop it. <laughs> Yeah, I guess he's not using an actual microphone. Well, he's using his... He's coming in through his headphones. Oh, there's a real microphone, but he doesn't have his microphone. It's not on. It's not on. Yeah, you know what? I I feel bad when we have these technical glitches, especially... What's that? No. No. We we can't hear a thing now. It's too bad. Uh, Can you hear us, Larry? Yeah, you can hear Larry us. Larry can hear us. He's so, making all kinds of again that thing, you know, down left hand corner. Select a microphone. Can you do that, Larry? Can you go to the left hand corner of Zoom and ex- ex- select a bottom mic- left hand corner? Bottom left hand corner of Zoom. But between mute, mute and stop video, there's that little chevron, like an up arrow. Just click yeah. that and select your microphone. I'll tell you what. While Larry's trying to do that, Fred. Okay. Why don't we take a second and acknowledge some more fine folks that keep this thing kind of running? And there's quite a few of them. Yeah. Big test for uh, the Maple Leafs. Howard, they play the Carolina Hurricanes, arguably the best uh, team in the NHL. Got it, Larry. Uh, With Frederick Anderson and goaltender, there is a Frederick that uh, uses just a C at the end of his name. All right. But anyway, it's a t- uh, pretty much a toss-up. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much a toss-up that game, and I, I guess that's good news for the Maple Leafs because it's the best team in the league that they're playing. And if you're a toss-up with them, I guess it says something about you, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, whether you're a sportsman or a horse racing fan, a poker or a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from our industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room, to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. It's all there. Looking forward to March Madness. You know, a lot of people like to, you know, play those games, so to speak. All the North American sports, sports around the world. And again, uh, horse racing, poker, they got it all. Bodog. I tell you, as it all is Gig Sky. Larry Fedorik is our Gig Sky guest of the day, the only worldwide mobile data service with affordable rates in over 190 countries. Download the app today for Android or iOS. I was just on with uh, Rudra back and forth on a couple of emails this morning talking about the Gig Sky Rewards program. And I want you to go check it out. I, there's all kinds of benefits by joining it. Uh, I, if you go to uh, gigsky.com, you can uh, figure it out on your own. In the meantime, if you go there as well, uh, you can uh, get more info about the app. If you download it today and enter the code 2022, you'll get $5 off your first plan. 
And that makes a difference. Gigsky.com and Lawrence Fedorik from Saskatoon. Hey. Lawrence from Saskatoon is with us. Uh, Larry Fedorik, a, a fine broadcaster and friend of this program. Originally from Saskatoon, not there now. I know. Yeah. From Originally from Saskatoon. I'm a moose job boy, as you know. It's exciting times. Larry, speaking of Lawrence's, yeah. did you know Lawrence Morgenstern? Uh, I did. I didn't know Lawrence. Uh, When I was at Yuck Yucks, uh, they had been a couple of years on Bay Street already. So the legend is they started in the church basement and all that. I missed that. But they had been in Bay Street. So still pretty new. And guys like Lawrence and Simon Rakoff, uh, Larry Horowitz, etc., from their original days were guys that I got to know. And not well. I mean, we didn't hang out a lot or anything. But, yeah, absolutely knew Lawrence. And uh, in awe of his stand-up at the time for sure yeah he was uh he we for people listening to the show know that uh fred and i also knew him i i, I worked with him recently i did some shows with him in the last four or five years and as i said to fred he well, hadn't changed much because i literally went to a show I, I don't know about you but i could never eat before i go on stage but lawrence <laughs> i walked into this gig this is a couple of years ago and lawrence has got a basket of a basket of fries the size of a smart car anyway uh larry is here uh when i was eight podcast fred he uh, won a bunch of awards for that his new podcast is called Later That Same Life. And Larry, is. Uh, are you going back on the radio filling in on uh, City News 570 in Kitchener? Is that a regular gig or just doing some fill-in? Just doing some fill-in. Uh, my first one is Monday, and I've uh, this coming Monday, the 21st, from noon to 3 Eastern. And uh, I, I'm booked for a couple others. I always... I want to say to the guy, why don't we just see how the first one goes Yeah, instead of booking me for two or three? So hopefully there'll be more after the first one. But yeah, I'm going to be on Monday on Terrestrial Radio doing a talk show. Well, on that note, Larry, when you were at um, 610 CKTV in St. Catharines, I loved your style of talk radio. It was different than the other shows that were on that station and different than News Talk 1010, where Howard and I always thought you should have been. What are your instructions with that? Is he hiring you to do the Larry Fedoric show that was done at 610? Or are you getting instructions like, oh, no, you got to talk about, you know, the bike lanes on Main Street on in Kitchener? In fact, I may have to at one point do a bike lane segment or something. I mean, I mean, a local Kitchener story. I don't know. But but it's pretty right. open right now. I mean, it's, uh, you know, uh, we, we they were saying we kind of like to change up the topics every half hour or so, which I kind of like to do as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're welcome to talk to a guest slash expert on uh, on a topic and then take calls. And and if you want to talk about a subject for 20 minutes yourself, go ahead. So it's Beautiful. kind of that, you know, what I used to do. Uh, and we'll see. We'll see if that goes yeah terrestrial know? radio needs you larry come on yes thank you uh, oh noon so that's uh cktb in kitchener uh, no, uh i'm sorry about city. city news 570 in kitchener it's monday noon to three uh in a second or two larry has a seven-step plan how to fix the world but first let's t- how's this for a tease but first here's this but uh you know i don't know how much we want to really get into the we've sort of talked the convoy to death but what are your thoughts uh, on the whole situation i think i said this the other day those people in ottawa when they see the ukrainians and what are what real freedom is they should just all be embarrassed yeah I mean, uh, there was somebody posted it on Facebook, and it's Theo, and I'm going to get his name wrong. Is it Mudakis, Toronto Star, cartoonist? 
I, I don't know. Did a uh, did a what, what, it's a trucker with a Trudeau thing and everything, and he's in Ukraine and he's talking to Ukrainian people, leaning out the window, going, "You should hear how tough we have it in Canada." <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> great. It was, it was great mm-hmm. cartoons. I love his political cartoons. He was he was great. But I mean, I and I did a podcast on the on the convoy as well. And as much as I will be out there for freedom of speech and all of that kind of stuff, I mean, I just think it was. It was taken over early by uh, right-wing extremists mm-hmm. and completely convoluted as to as to. I, I mean, here's the other thing: if you were there, and I, I hate to be this way, but if you were there protesting gas prices or tariffs or something, I, I would say, all right. But I mean, I don't know. In in the truck driving test and getting the G license, I don't recall any courses in. In science or medicine or <laughs> <That's right>. uh, <laughs> politics or yeah. any of that stuff. And and I'm just not looking for my vaccine advice from a, a, a guy driving an 18-wheeler. Sorry. I mean, I love truckers. Yeah. They're valuable. We understand through supply chain how valuable they are. But at this point, what are you doing? Fine. And, I, and, I, and I didn't like the coverage either. I, I mean, really, the big coverage were the bridges. I mean, that's what really cost people money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ottawa was... Uh, you know, center town in Ottawa is like 23,000 people. If there were 600 trucks in Red Deer for three weeks, it would get a two-minute hit an hour. This mm-hmm. was the nation's capital. It was an embarrassment. Yeah, uh, it, was, it, it was, was embarrassing in a lot of ways. And, and yeah. one of the things that I found kind of aggravating about it, or what a disappointing, of course, but, you know, I, I kind of felt like we lost our high ground. And I said this to Fred yeah. a bunch of different ways. I, I sort of felt smug the last few years going back to Trump and then the pandemic and then on and on. And then because I was, you know, feeling pretty superior to Americans. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, no, we're just like they are. This is on about the- human rights. And I lost my human right to make fun of idiot Americans. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> That's yes. what happened to me. So I was like, yeah, my rights too, man. Yeah, exactly. Especially on, on the heels of all the residential school stories oh, and stuff. Yeah. It's like, ooh. But, you know, yeah, we, we mentioned that Pat King creep. Um, you know, that point, uh, you know, the Fifth Estate show, Howard, I don't know if we mentioned this yesterday. At one point, he's going, can they just leave us alone? Can we just live our lives? Yeah, and I'm thinking, like, who are you talking about? No, I've been left alone. I can live my life in this wonderful country. Like, like, what are you talking about? It was just so misguided and off the rails by the so, end of it. What was it? Was it? I always forget her name, and I should have looked it up. Tamara Leach is that her yes. name? Yes, yes. That, that got arrested. One of the uh, alleged organizers. Yes, and she's in court. So her husband flies in from Alberta. Now their funds are frozen. Yeah. So somehow he gets uh, a private plane uh, and he won't reveal the name of the guy who who flew him out so that he could (laughs) appear in court in Ottawa as his wife's surety so she can get bail. The judge asks him a couple of questions. He talks about his First Amendment rights. Yes, that's right. I remember that story. Remember the story? The judge has to explain to him that this is Canada. No, I know. Mm -hmm. And and the thing about the First Amendment free speech rights. And that's the thing about Pat King and some of these Mm -hmm. other organizers. They're just echoing and aping what they've heard from their MAGA brothers. Before we leave Mm -hmm. this topic, though, I will tell you, and we've been talking about it quite a bit the last couple of days because of the Fifth Estate uh, story. But what's before we leave it, though, let's not 
Let's not think that there isn't some dark forces behind this. There's some money. Mm -hmm. There's some people. And being Mm -hmm. from out west, I've explained to Fred, you know, that whole Alberta Aryan nations mentality. That's where it was baked here in the country. I know it's in other parts of the country. So there's a lot of stuff going on under the surface, way beyond those Pat King idiots. That sort of still gives me some pause. What about you? Absolutely. Alberta and... um Saskatchewan. My brother and I talk about this a lot, and he's just not an Alberta fan uh, at all. He's he's just willing to saw it around and let it float into into <laughs> the, the Dakotas yeah. or Montana, or whatever. I, I mean, it, it's Saskatchewan too. And, and and you and I, Howard, we we share a little bit of that heritage. And I mean, I, you know, growing up in Saskatchewan, it's Tommy Douglas, you know, it's, it's CCF slash NDP territory. It's where it began. It's where yeah. it's grew, where it grew. All these people, many of them Ukrainian, but also Eastern European who who gave and shared, and, and I was like, what happened to you? What happened to you? No, I, I've said that, too. I told because Saskatchewan was the first province in Canada to elect an NDP government, and now it's part of this whole Western wave of whiteness. But, but uh, Howard, uh, I, I, I think it's partly what you touched on earlier in the week. I mean, the, our elective our election system is leaves those people out to such a degree that that that's where it's taken us. And, and, and uh, of course, there's a dark side to it. But, you know, elections are over before the polls even open in those provinces. And I think, you know, over time, it's just made them go sour. Well, you yeah. don't know if there's a disconnect. They, they I think Western Canadians have felt disconnected. Yeah. And the disconnect sows seeds and the oil business and the transfer payments and on and on and on. But there's definitely, and that's why I said to Fred, Larry, that having lived in both parts of the country, half and half, really, you know, there's definitely a different mentality out there towards us out here. Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, growing up in Saskatchewan, this was the east it's not central Canada. This was mm-hmm. the East. You know, yeah. well, Larry mm-hmm. moved out East, I guess, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> over to upper Canada there. Uh, the, 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 there is a disconnect, but I mean, I talk about this a lot in, in uh, trying to save democracy in um, the representation, which doesn't really, you know, and I do the math quickly. So 30, this is rough math. So 35 million people in Canada, uh, about two thirds are uh, eligible to vote, voting age. So 21, 22 million. Of those, two-thirds show up. So now that's 14 million. Uh, 35% of that can elect a majority government. Mm -hmm. That's about 5 million people. So now 5 million Canadians have decided the direction of a country of 35 million people. And Canada's not alone in this. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're a democratic republic or you're a... uh, uh, a parliamentary government like we are or the UK Mm -hmm. is democracy sucks for a lot of people. That's why it's in trouble. It's not representative. And what's there has been kind of compromised by the politicos and the strategists and the lobbyists. And so it's hard to feel represented Mm -hmm. whether you're in Western Canada or even in Ontario, we get a little more of it here because we're kind of right here in the center, you know, the center of the universe, but it's, it's hard to feel like you're represented. Yes. And and I, I kind of get that. I don't agree with the methodology of what they're, you know, what they're doing no. and, and conservatism in general, but it is difficult to feel represented. And then and that's when it when it all began in January, I started talking about this with Fred and I said it on the show that they're, you know, not if you if you're from eastern Canada, you have to remember there's a historic 
issue with Albertans, especially, you know, the beginning of the Reform Party. And and again, the Aryan Nation's headquarters were in, you know, eastern Alberta. And then, of course, Saskatchewan, etc. But I'm um, moving on now just a little bit because there was a whole bunch of stuff to get to with you. Um, it's interesting. You, you, you say in this in the note how TV news loves a war. And then in, in parenthetically, the racial bias around this war. What do you mean by that? I, I, I um, a couple of things when I and I did this in a couple of different segments, one in a podcast, a couple of posts where uh, when the Ukrainian invasion actually happened on the 24th and 25th of February, I started to get a lot of messages. Hey, how about that? How about that war? How you doing? And I'm like, that's that's terrific. And I, I you know, my heart goes out to these people, et cetera. But it's like you never really called me when uh, the Afghans were trying to get out of the, mm-hmm. the country or the Syrians were fleeing or the Moroccans were lined up at the border of Spain or when Libyans were drowning in the Mediterranean. You never really called me. How about that? Huh? It's, oh, I get because I'm Ukrainian. Oh, right. So, all right. I get that. I get that the diasporas and, the, and the, you know, the brotherhood and the uh, but then as I started to think more about that, I saw that. um you know, uh, Jim Shuto didn't haul his little gray ski jacket and his little anchor desk out to out to uh, Kabul. Or uh, this is the, I know this what you're getting at. Yeah, white mm-hmm. people. White this people. Is white exactly. People. This is blonde-haired, blue-eyed people in trouble. Yeah. and I think there's a racial bias. A hundred percent. You know, you think about the what what Putin did in Syria and is still doing in in Aleppo. Right. That's been going on for eleven years. Eleven years, and most of us couldn't find syria on a map like and didn't really care lots of people right. killed lot lot of kids killed people institutions but because it was sort of swarthies you yeah. know and now but i think so i'll give you that but i also believe this has more consequence to the white world because it's a easter it's a european adjacent and what mm-hmm. putin's doing is threatening stability in a way that the Syrian conflict doesn't. I, I grant, yeah, that is a huge difference that this is now, and I know Putin had his hand in Syria and obviously Russia and Afghanistan over the decades and all of that, but this is clearly dealing with a madman with nuclear power yes. and and a large army and the, the stability of that army, debatable, and I guess all of that but at the same time yeah we're dealing we're dealing with a major madman i I don't want to overcomplicate that i think he's crazy uh and 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 yeah but it's there's still that bias to it that really bothers me that you've never seen and canada bless canada we help the afghans we help syrians we take people in that's what we do and and i love that uh but you've never seen such a full court press as this where the, the prime minister is over there with the deputy prime minister, with the minister of defense, with the minister of immigration, with the minister of, of uh, yeah. you know, and, and, and these teams going on there. And I, I get that. Uh, just part of me is glad to see that uh, cooler heads, people of influence are gathering every day and making this a priority and trying to figure out what goes on. And the other half of me goes, another meeting? Yeah, I know. Seriously? Yeah. What were we going to say, Freddie? Freddie was going to jump in. No, I was just saying that whole spin. It's like even grassroots in here, here in Canada, like, you know, uh, an indigenous woman goes missing and it's not news. A white blonde haired girl goes mm-hmm. missing and it's Amber Alerts and bells ringing. And where mm-hmm. is she? 
I mean, just right up the line. That's the way it works. Um, before it, it we, does, uh, and I just want to quickly. I'll just say, I just think people need to look in the mirror on this topic a little bit. Mm-hmm. No, I get it, and 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 I I totally get what you're saying that there is a racial bias because the country being affected isn't full of brown people. But in the meantime, before we lose you, Larry, how about this? Now here's Larry Fedorik, host of Later That Same Life and. Larry's I Was 8 podcast with his seven-point plan to save the world. And now, here's our savior. <laughs> here's our lair and savior. You know, I grew up in, a, with, in Moose Jaw. There was a, I was telling Freddie yesterday, a ton of Ukrainian kids. You know, one of my best buddies. And, but I, was, I wanted to ask you about this before you tell us how to save the world. Was I incorrect in remembering that in Saskatchewan in the 60s, early 70s, that Ukrainians were kind of like newfies as the butt of jokes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like, yeah, to, and it's, I, I'm trying to figure that out because, <clears throat> so, excuse me, I know our town had a lot of Ukrainian people. We had, a, we had two different Ukrainian churches in a town of a thousand people. And, and we still got, you know, we were a lot of people, but we had Hungarians, Germans, so on and so forth. And we got we got made fun of and it was uh dp was a thing what's that uh which stood for displaced person but it right. was a um it was an insult what a dp which kind of meant ukrainian um what does a goose say when he flies over edmonton uh bohonk uh that's it. see bohonk what what I I remember that fred wouldn't know that phrase but i remember that being an insult he's such a bohonk yeah. what does that mean I don't even. I'm never actually. But it uh, referred to Ukrainian people. Okay. But that was a, that was a Ukrainian person, a bohonk. A bohonk, uh, yeah. So funny, which so when honky started to come into the <laughs> vernacular, I was like, "Is that bohonky? Is that the same?" I was like, "No." All right. How do you fix the world, Larry? All right. So I did this kind of. I did a how to fix the world a seven step plan and a podcast, and it's uh, a little bit tongue in cheek, but it. Uh, in other words, okay, this seems simple, but it was kind of a, it's, it's complicated when you do a to-do list, when you actually list something and you go, okay, well, here's my plan and I'll just start attacking these things one at a time. So number one was get rid of Trump and Putin. They have to become totally ineffectual. I don't know whether it's jail or a mental institution or what it is, but they have to become ineffectual immediately. You can't start without eliminating those two. And why I say eliminating, I mean making them ineffectual. Number two, fix the world is education. That's how you make these people ineffectual. If we've lost a couple of generations, okay, let's not lose another one. I think we're paying today for the cuts in education that we've had over the last 30, 40 years. Just a lot of dumb people. Sorry. Now, Fred, do you have a comment for? Well, let let just leave a space in case there's a uh, some comment from the gallery, Fred. All right. Yeah. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree with the first one and whatever it takes. And yeah, um, well, I think Fred and I would like to eliminate them in a more violent, aggressive manner. Think Game of well, Thrones, think flaying, yeah. think torture. Uh, I think it's a uh, it's a buck forty five each. The price of a bullet, you know. Well, I mean, um, I, I did a post the other day now hiring food tasters work for popular president. Uh, <laughs> okay. become part of yeah no go ahead finish uh i i i, I and a lot of people talk about that even even kind of 
pacifist kind of people go, just take them out, you know, which is mm-hmm. kind of an odd thing. So I'm, yes. I, yeah, I want to take those two out. I want to fix education as number two. Uh, as number three, I want to fix democracy, which I've kind of addressed. Yes. Because mm-hmm. it's got to start working for people. It's more, representa- more representative. Yes. yes. Yeah, and so you, more you know, the Canadian... The Parliament, just like last week, the week before. I mean, that the latest, um, the latest attempt to, for election reform in Canada was rejected. It's just yeah. bizarre. All three parties agree. Like, wh- what's that all about? But anyway, I digress. Why would you change a system that got you in? That's, hey, well, that's, that's it. The problem with that, you know, that, that's I was going to say that's the answer. The status quo has kept those three parties. <laughs> Pretty much, and they and the thing—it's almost like the devil. You know, they know the rules of that game. Make it yes. more representative, and then now, what the fuck do we do? Yes. But all so of a sudden, that- Saskatchewan, Alberta, and BC have more of a say. Well, mm-hmm. wait a minute. The people yes. in Ontario don't want that. Um, okay, so we're up to uh, number four: How to Save the World, Larry Fernard. So that was uh, democracy number three. Commerce was number four. You got to fix commerce. Commerce doesn't work for two thirds of the people. I'm Absolutely, not even talking yeah. about the one percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm talking about about sixty percent of the people in Canada are called middle class, which is both people work, can't afford daycare, got a mortgage, got credit card debt, car payments, can't afford gas, gross. That's middle class, and that's for some reason what the government keeps promoting is middle class and those who strive to get there. Mm-hmm. Middle class is a tough road right now. Yeah. So uh, anyway, without getting too much into that, uh, depending on the year, it's 10 to 15 percent live below the poverty line. So now you have 75 percent of commerce uh, not working or, or commerce not working for 75 percent of the people. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I can get deeper into that. I'm not an economist or anything Are like you, you're that. You're not. Sound, some <laughs> of this stuff sounds socialist. I'm not. I'm not a socialist. I'm a capitalist. No, but, but you're I, right. Listen, I read something the other day, and I don't have the exact stat, but it isn't. We we think we're living in a fair on a fair playing field, but the you know the the guy the the CEO of Starbucks who just made some gesture about volunteering this year and only working for a dollar because last year his compensation was twenty million dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the, the disparity between, and again, the three of us are of a similar age. We all grew up thinking that if you got to the middle class, you might be doing okay. Yeah, And, you know, the, the ratios are all out of whack. The ratio of what we earn to buy our first house, the ratio of what we earn to buy, you know, the week's groceries. That's all been shot to shit, man. It's crazy. Like a 30-something with a couple of kids now and a mortgage. I don't know how they do it. Especially, listen, you buy a house in, in, in Barrie because you can afford it, but you have to commute. All of a sudden, it's $40 more to put gas in your tank every time you f- fill up. I don't know how the, these kids stay ahead of it. And they've really been left behind. Well, and the reason that it doesn't change, Larry and Fred, part of it is what I said about elections. You know, people who are Mm -hmm. gaming the system don't want the game to change because they've already figured out how to work that system. And, you know, again, I don't have the stats in front of me, Mm -hmm. but the one percenters, the the point zero, the zero point one of that percentage have 43 percent of the world's wealth. So. Again, I, I, none of us are saying we're it's a, but in a socialist way, we need to sort of redistribute so that the middle class can't afford to live in the cities that we're, we're yeah, currently greed living in. is not good is what you're saying. Well, unless. Right. You, yeah, it's not as well, good as it used I, to be <laughs> when we made when we made big time terrestrial money. So the, the, the I'm, and I read the line from uh, a movie, but it's like I'm, we're not asking you to give up your mansions. Just maybe part of your Christmas dividend, yeah, could buy somebody a meal. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, the, the line I use in the podcast was, I think when you get wealth, and I'm all for wealth, and I would love wealth, is that it should also allow you the trappings of of wealth. But the absence of wealth should not deny you the essentials of life. Of life. Absolutely. And, and why... Great. I love that. And why every, you know, and again, having paid 50% or close to it of my income in in taxes in my lifetime. And and then, and we know Fred and I, and and we all made a decent living. But when I hear about somebody who makes 20 million a year paying less tax than somebody who makes 20,000 a year, I I think that's just unfair. No, I, I, but even look at it from this level, and we've talked about this, like our lotteries. $40 $40 million this week. Why not make 40 people a millionaire? The reason they don't do that is because ticket sales aren't as good That's right. <laughs> when it's not high. So even these people that have no money tend not to buy the tickets unless it's 30 or $40 million. I know. So it's right ingrained in our society. But seriously, why shouldn't they do that tomorrow? $40 million in the pot. Let's make 40 millionaires. Well, because you answered your own question. They found yeah. out through marketing that when it's mm-hmm. four million, this many people buy it. When it's forty million yeah. people, exponentially more yeah. buy it. Yet, you know, statistically, you have the same chance. Larry, we've got yeah. a, another uh, somebody standing by, so I, I don't want to rush you, but you need to get through your last because we need to fix the world, Larry. All right, so <laughs> let's get your last some, three. We got to get rid of uh, Putin and Trump. We got to yeah. fix uh, education. We got to fix democracy. We got to fix commerce. That's four. Yeah. Five is el- eliminate all religion. Yes. Yes. Number yeah, one. Number one. Yeah. Uh, at the very least, church paid taxes. Yeah, you know, yes. can I just pause there. I'm, I'm staying outside. I was 45 minutes outside of Palm Springs, and I was just out near this area called Cathedral City. And I, I, I passed. It's like something you've seen on television, but I passed a church, I say that in quotation marks, that I thought at first it was a, uh, an arena or a concert venue. Like, that's mm-hmm. how it was a huge parking lot. I thought, mm-hmm. that entire amount of acres of land, and they're not paying any tax. So, yeah. I'm, we're all with you, my friend. Eliminate. Eliminate. Well, it's, it, it, it is. Money. It's the root of all evil. Forget money. Right. And the actual quote, by the way, is Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. By the mm-hmm. way, just something I learned recently, but there you go. Oh, so okay. the number six is, I'm not correcting, I'm not, mm-hmm. but uh, number six is tech. You have to, I don't know about regulation, it's kind of tough to regulate tech, but you cannot have a conversation about any problem in this world today, small, big, personal, public, without saying we're all connected all the time. Yeah. That's a major contributor to everything that's wrong. It's a it's great. I love tech. It's also killing us if we don't get a handle on it pretty quickly. And lastly, the environment. And if we don't do that, the other six are pretty much moot. Right. Uh, point seven is address the climate change in the environment. ASAP. Beautiful. Seven. Beautiful. So beautiful simple, work. Huh? Very, you know, and, and all you know, all makes a lot of sense, and you know, so much goodness there. And uh, by the way, uh, before we let you go, and I, again, we're not going to get to some of the other stuff today, but I love having you on. We want to have you on again soon. I want to remind everyone: City News five seventy in Kitchener is where you can hear our friend Larry do what he does. Uh, so very well from noon to three on monday the 21st and then hopefully some regular shifts after that his podcast uh, i guess you've left i was eight behind and now the new one is called later that same life available where podcasts are distributed and uh, we can only wish you the best of luck thank you for the mentions 
And uh, we all, you know, we have such fondness for you. Uh, mm-hmm. We uh, hope that uh, and, uh, you'll come back again. Yes, soon, hopefully. Well, that would be yes, great. Yes, I'd love to. Love you guys right back at you. Love being on. Thank you. Well, that's great. Love is, you know, love is all we have, Larry. <laughs> love is in the air. <laughs> uh, Larry Fedorik. I have so many fond memories of just laughing it up with Larry in a radio booth back in the day. We had a really funny show, Larry and I. Unfortunately, it wasn't on the radio. <laughs> It was just, it was really, we were really funny, except when we turned the mics on. That's what happened. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that was the show we should have done. Um, yeah. All right. Listen, son, take care of yourself. We'll talk to you soon. You too. All right. There's Larry. Larry. There we go. Thanks. Oh, my goodness. You know, when there was first talk about regulating the internet, I was thinking, you can't do that. That's horrible. I'm open to that idea now, Howard. I'm. Well, at least social. I What's said, the plan? Let's see it. Well, I said this to you recently, and I can, mm-hmm. I thought it was quite brilliant. I said it's interesting that all of us as broadcasters have broadcast standards, and our mm-hmm. media is regulated, but social media isn't regulated yet. It's become more popular than any of the other traditional media's combined, and yet it's, but, it's the wild west. Uh, dangerous with the misinformation. Just let yep. yourself out, Larry. We've already said you can just say so long. I mean, Larry's just sitting there going, "When do I? When do I leave? Now? (laughs) What's he doing? Just say goodbye. Do you know how to say goodbye? I'm just going to remove him from here. Uh, Fred, before we get to our next guest, uh, do you have something you can tell us? Yes, I do, Howard. As a matter of fact. Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business is known as the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. To get there, you go to chamberplan.ca if you have a small business. Enlighten yourself. Figure out what it's all about, all right? Uh, You can get a free quote today. If you have a small business, you've always thought about a benefits package for your people. This is the way to go because it can be done. Bunch of small businesses together. The image of a big business keeps premiums down. And Chambers Plan has done a great job of doing that over the past few years. It is possible. It's a great thing to do for your employees. It's a great thing to do for your company. All right? So go to chamberplan.ca today and find out about the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. Insurance for your people, top to bottom, all sorts of products uh, that you will discover today and what it will cost. You'll be pleasantly surprised. Chamberplan.ca. Uh, I had a conversation with our producer, Toronto Mike, uh, yesterday, I think it was, and I said, hey, Boone, why don't we find somebody that can talk to us? about a way for our audience and ourselves to support the people inside Ukraine. I said, I hear so many different charities and I'm not 100% sure who to call or who I should put my support behind and and maybe the show. And without, like in seconds, uh, Mike sourced out Kate Bain from Charity Intelligence Canada. Kate, welcome to the show. Great to be on with you guys. Good morning. Well, good morning. And uh, Kate, let's get right to it. First of all, tell us what Charity Intelligence is, and then maybe let's get right to how people listening can support the people of Ukraine and what types of support that they need the most. 
So charity intelligence is like the consumer reports. We do the star ratings on charities. So we do the in-depth research and analysis so that you know what your giving does. So we have a website, and on our website, we have uh, nearly 800 charity reports with stars and, you know, like letter grades. So you can see where your dollar goes and what kind of impact we've seen your giving have. And we do our top 100 lists every giving season and our top impact charities. So it's like it's a go-to resource if you're thinking like in a situation like we have with Ukraine when it seems like every single charity has come out of the woodwork and is now fundraising for the for Ukraine. Our thoughts, um, our analysis, we've been working on disaster responses since 2011, and we look back at a charity's track record. Who did what in Haiti? How did these charities respond to the Nepal earthquake of 2015? And going from that track record, we've come up with our top picks for the Ukraine situation. Yeah, uh you know, one thing about whenever you give to charity, you want to know how much of each dollar is actually going to the cause. Uh, do you provide that information? Yeah. Because yeah. honestly, that's the first thing I look at. Yeah. And, 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 and people are looking at that. So that's called sense to the cause for every okay. dollar you donate, how much goes to fundraising and admin and how much goes to the cause. That's mm-hmm. actually one number that we look at, one of our metrics. Okay. But we also think it's important, especially... Um, so when you're regularly giving, that's one thing. But when you're looking at the Ukraine situation, we're looking at different metrics, what we okay. call a speed test, looking at how these charities in the past, how quickly they've got the money out the door. The biggest risk we see is you do not want your support today to be sitting in a Canadian bank account two years from now. Good point. You want to get your money, your support today over to Ukraine, inside Ukraine, where it can give support where it's so urgently needed. So when it comes to an emergency response, and I would say Ukraine is very different from an earthquake. It's very different from a hurricane. Those natural disasters have happened. They're over. And it's safe for the humanitarian workers to come in. Ukraine is a war. And we haven't seen many wars of this scale before. So what we're seeing is that actually most of the humanitarian response is on the borders of Poland and Hungary. And I know we're all focused on those three million Ukrainians who have fled Ukraine and they are now in uh, Hungary and Poland. They are exhausted. They are distressed, but they are safe. And P.S. everybody, Europe is very rich and the humanitarian response to, to, to this war in Ukraine is unprecedented. So for people who are thinking about, you know, sending bottled water from Canada over to Poland, Poland has safe drinking water. <laughs> so, Germany has medical supplies. We do not need to send donated clothes or medical supplies or diapers or baby food from Canada over to Poland because they have all of that there. So we just need to think a little bit. I know we're all motivated by our hearts and wanting to do good intentions, but let's just think about how our giving can be smart. Well, and let's and just let's just to get in. You know, I was going to say let's pause there and just I've just gone to charity intelligence. 
uh, uh, .ca, and uh, I'm going to recommend everyone else go ha- go check it out. So now that you've given us some of the the background, and there's some there's some numbers around the the people that use charity intelligence, the Canadians that have trusted it, and now that we know what not to give, can you recommend some charities to us? And if if people listening, uh, can we just go to charityintelligence.ca and these recommends are there? Yep. Okay. Yep. That's our article on how to help Ukraine. And okay. over 137,000 Canadians have read that. And it's it's like a guide of, it's, it sort of lays out our thinking. And our thinking on Ukraine is, if you want to think of like a, a, a bullseye or a, a darts, um, there are many charities fundraising and they are on the periphery. You really want to see if you can get your giving inside Ukraine. So it's not so much the three million Ukrainian refugees who are safe, who are outside of Ukraine, and they have tremendous support. We're focusing on how we can get our dollars inside Ukraine to help support the 41 million people inside Ukraine. So when you're looking at how can you get your giving from Canada into Ukraine, we're looking at different ways of giving. Um, there, you can give directly to the Ukrainian Red Cross, and there's a link there. Um, if you've had a chance to watch the Netflix documentary "Winter on Fire," you can see the work of the U- uh, of the U- Ukrainian Red Cross. It is battle tested and true. It's very different from the Red Cross organizations we see in North America. It's not a Canadian charity. And you will not get a tax receipt for that. So that's just one issue you need to be aware of. But that's one way you can get your dollars inside Ukraine to help save lives. Now, to, wait. Um, so would that pass the speed test, as you said? So that's that's something that will get a speedy result in terms of sending your money directly to the people that need it the most. So when we look at the speed test, we're going to be looking at the Canadian charities. Okay. How much money they've raised. And when do they spend the money? And there's a big trend in humanitarian response to spend the money over five years, to focus on longer term development, on on rebuilding. That's not what Ukraine needs now. U- Ukraine needs help now. It needs medical supplies. It needs that humanitarian corridors. And those are things that in many cases can be outside of a charity's area of expertise. So when we're looking at the speed test, we want your okay. donations to get inside Ukraine as quickly as possible. How, how would you look at, uh, I mean, as far as a speed test goes, you've heard about the Airbnb thing where people are renting Airbnbs in Ukraine with no intention of ever going there. It's just a way to transfer that money quickly. Is that just too exclusive for you to even think about? It's, I, I'm blown away by it. It's innovative. Oh, oh okay. I, I really, so we... It is known, it is evidence-based, it is proven that direct cash transfers are the second most effective way to help people wow. in an emergency. Don't send them stuff, give them money, and then they can meet their own needs, whether mm-hmm. it's buying, a, uh, getting a train ticket, uh, getting um, med- medicine, buying food. People have the dignity to be able to get what they need. So what is so innovative, and we've never seen this before, so there's no track record, but people have recognized that the Airbnb platform 
is a way to get cash inside Ukraine directly into the pockets of people, mm-hmm. maybe in those cities of Maripol or Kiev. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, 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 it ticks all our boxes. It's quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's getting cash, not stuff, and it's inside Ukraine. All right, so Kate, we'll have to see. That's a, well, that's amazing. So Ukrainian Red Cross, which is different than the Canadian Red Cross, and you had another recommend uh, MSF slash Doctors Without Borders. Yeah. yeah. What does the MSF so, stand for? Uh, uh, Médecins Sans Frontières, okay. or Doctors Without Borders, as we know it here in North America, is sort of a, a hyphen name. So Doctors Without Borders, in all the disaster responses we've looked at, they always come up tops. They are the fastest, they're in, they're out, and they are providing humanity, uh, they are providing medical equipment, and that is proven to be one of the most impactful ways. So Doctors Without Borders is inside Ukraine. It's in the Western area, which is relatively safe, called Lviv, and they are coordinating with the hospitals uh, across Ukraine, what are the medical supplies they need? And there are shortages. And it is using, it has a massive logistics um, expertise. I mean, big track, uh, big trucks coming in with the specialized medical care, whether it be for mass casualties, surgical supplies. So that, again, is high impact with a great track record. Well, there you go. Charityintelligence.ca. If you've uh, gleaned nothing else from this, just know that's a great place to go. It's got uh, ratings and reviews on Canadian charities. And now there's a link to what you can do uh, inside Ukraine right now and today and to have the highest impact for your charity dollar. Kate, um, before we let you go, just over your shoulder is a statue in the background. What? Is that an award for, uh, what is that an award for, Kay? No, it's not. But I do have a Nikki Lauda hat that my kids got me for Christmas. So <laughs> I, don't, I, 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 I have no idea how they got that for me. But uh, Nikki, Nikki Lauda, he's a, he's a gem. Okay, well, listen, my friend, thank you. I hope you've uh, enjoyed this. We've enjoyed having you on. I'm a huge fan of you guys, so what? great to be on. Thanks well, no, for no, 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 don't, no. You don't have to go yet. Okay, if we you, knew you were a huge... <laughs> whenever this comes up at the end of an interview, I always say, well, there's there's time left for you to tell us how much you we'll like us. another yeah, half hour exactly. for you. How are you, a huge, how are you a huge fan of the Humble oh, and Fred? Humble and Fred? I mean, what, a, what an opportunity to be on this platform. I was saying to my kids, I think I've made it now. I'm now on the Humble and Fred podcast. Um, wow. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's uh, you guys are... You, it's interesting. I, I must be the, the first nerdy data analyst to ever be on your show. No, this you'd is be surprised. Sort of out of your um, zone a little bit. But uh, great to be a research analyst on, on the Humble and Fred podcast. Well, we've learned so much from you. We appreciate it. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Kate. Kate, thanks very much. CharityIntelligence.ca. And uh, you talk about ticking all the boxes, Kate. It's exactly what I thought we we would be able to pass on to our audience, which is a place for people to go. And as you said, you know, all the things you don't need to send. Cash is great. Red Cross is great. Even Airbnb is doing something, as you say, innovative. And and that will have an impact immediately. Thanks very much. Great to be on. Thank you. There she is. There's... uh, Kate, I'm just waiting for Dan. Kate, just let yourself out if you don't mind. I think Kate uh, was close to using the L word. What's that? Legends. Legends. No, I don't I think, think we'll, she was. I think the only people that think we're legends are you and I. 
<laughs> oh, I don't know. Kate seemed to be just stepping on the edge of that. On the edge, on the ledge of legends. Yo, yo, yo. Dan-a-na-na-dan-da-ren. Oh, another song for me. I love my song. Dan-da-ren. Hey, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about you last night. Uh, during the dinner, I watched the CNN, eh? And I watched war correspondence, and I thought I should ask Dan Duran this. Like, in all the time that you've been an anchorman on, in movies and such, yeah, um, it's always with your own voice, right? It's always your own accent, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you've never had to put on an accent? No. I'm not known for accents. Well, it's interesting. That, have you guys not noticed that... I don't know if it's during now, during war times or conflict times on these uh, CNN and such. It always seems to go to the war correspondent and he's British. It's always, it's, you know, and it sort of reminds uh, several MSNBC or CNN and CBS, whatever those. It seems when they go to a correspondent, it's always somebody who has sort of a European British type accent. Well, it Do you makes not sense, that? I guess, for that one. Yeah, kind of. There's a, something going on there. Well, well it, it, they can drive to the conflict from pretty much anywhere. Yeah, I suppose. Europe, right? Yeah, because like CNN, MSNBC, I think even Despicable Fox, they have outlets in Europe, right? Yes. Like, like head, uh, you know, offices. So I guess they just send people from there. But right away, it makes it sound almost like World War II. It's just always like some guy going, and the fighting continues on the streets of Kiev. It, you know, it's never some guy from, like, Louisiana going, well, I don't know this Putin guy. It's always some guy with an accent from... I don't see what the problem is. I don't see no Mexicans. <laughs> That's right. Uh-huh. Well, I don't understand this poutine guy. It's always like uh-huh. the war-torn streets of Kiev are us quiet tonight. Remember back in the early 90s, remember the first flavor of that was, and she's still around, Christine Amampour. Remember, she her, was yes. sort of the first one correspondent with a, an accent that gave us the goods. Yes, Christian Amampour. I don't know. Maybe I just thought maybe Dan might adopt a more of a British feel to give us that, you know, we're in wartime kind of a vibe going. But maybe I should a, in, integrate that into my maybe. my performance well, portfolio. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. It's St. Paddy's Day. Let's start now just as a little test drive. Give us an Irish accent, Dan. <laughs> Come on, say something with an Irish accent. Like I can't really do Irish. It's yeah. going to be warm today. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Uh I don't know. I can't can't really do it. But, you know, today's going to be a really nice day. It's going to be up to about 18 degrees. That's pretty good. Green, my yep. green beer gets drunk by me. Um, <laughs> maybe this will uh, help jog your memory a little bit. Can you guys hear that? <laughs> Not yep. anymore. No, it's empty. Wait, it's a two-colored marshmallow. Yeah, shaped like his pot of gold. It's the perfect shape for me, Lucky Charms. Hmm. Where? In me lucky charms. In me lucky charms, Dan. Good breakfast. Lucky's got him. Will they catch Lucky in his new pot of gold marshmallows? You can in your next Mark box of Lucky. You imagine we used to feed we used to feed our kids Lucky Charms in a with a bowl of marshmallows and sugar. And then That's send him funny. to the bath for the Irish <laughs> spring right. uh, soap, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I just think it's funny. We used to give five-year-olds a big bowl of marshmallows for breakfast. <laughs> that, um, 
I didn't like it as a kid. My my parents really didn't monitor my the breakfast cereal like parents do now, but I at least wouldn't allow Lucky Charms in the house. Cocoa Puffs is as crazy as we got with our kids. Yeah. Well, they same with us. I mean, I, I remember eating Count Chocula, but that was in my 20s. <laughs> That's dead. <laughs> but that eating those marshmallows with milk and cereal was like, you felt like shit after. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, all right. You know, it's uh, without further ado and delay, it's time for... Now, here's to a fella named Anduran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Ganderan, the Anchorman comes As for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Ganderan, the Anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now, live from Lakeside Monitoring his uh, ice sculptures as they melt away into a distant memory. Brought to you by HealthGage today. Get 15% off at HealthGage.com using the promo code HUMBLEFREDHG. Uh, HUMBLEFREDHG gets you 15% off at HealthGage.com. Dan? It's time for a space update. Okay. So I got some space stories for you. Today is the day that NASA will roll out the space launch system from the Vehicle Assembly Building to Pad 38B. It's the largest rocket ever built. It's even it's like it has 15% more thrust than the Saturn V rocket. It's uh, heading to that launch pad for testing. Uh, be launching in April. You know, the, the big, huge crawler that crawls. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. takes 12 hours or something to get there, a couple of kilometers. Yes. Or yeah. So that's, uh, that's one thing that's happening. Uh, also, I encourage everyone to go take a quick look at the uh, James Webb Telescope. They uh, released yesterday. They're aligning the mirrors. You know about the James Webb Telescope? You understand? No, I just clicked on the link you sent me. It says telescope alignment evaluation image. I'm not sure what I'm looking at. Well, I thought I thought I was actually uh, pasting the picture into the chat there, but it's uh, you can find it on the uh, the interwebs. But what it is is a picture for alignment uh, that they took. Like the 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 web James Webb Telescope is a million miles from Earth. It has um, a uh, 18 different mirrors that needed aligning so they focused on an object way 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 far away to make sure that all the mirrors line up for the uh, photo you know the scientific uh, photos that they'll be taking uh, down the road in uh, july june mm-hmm. late june early july so the uh the the star that they aimed it at is uh 2000 light years away now a light year is about uh, 9.7 trillion kilometers. So that 2,000 years ago is when that light was emitted, and it's a thou- it's a hundred times fainter than the human eye can see that it detected. So that's the star. It's bright. It looks like the bar star of Bethlehem or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the oh, interesting course. but the yeah. interesting thing is if you look behind the star, mm-hmm. you can see galaxies. Yes, not sure. other star galaxies behind that star. Mm-hmm. That's. Two thousand yeah. light years away, and, wh- and, and and why not? Like it, in, it's infinite. No, there's no end to that. So there's a million Earths out there. I hope they're not having wars like we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wars, uh, part of civilization. I just have a question: War. What is it good for? 
Absolutely, Absolutely nothing, Howard. Um, yeah, it's fascinating that they can know all that and do all that, and yet uh, they can't fix what's going on here. You know what yeah. I mean, Dan? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and uh, also, you're talking about Pete Davidson earlier. He's uh, going to space. He's going to space. It was announced on Monday. He's one of the uh, the new bunch of space tourists that are going up on Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin, and that, that'll be launching on March 23rd. He's having, uh, heading to space there. You know, speaking of Bezos, so, uh, there was this, this part of this story I was reading about how rich, really rich people are and how we now have a society where the there's rich people, and then there's the super rich. There's the mm-hmm. Gates, the... Bezos, mm-hmm. the Elon Musks. There's a class of Uber, whatever that word is, ultra rich people in a way that we never had before. There were a few Rockefellers and such, but this class of beyond regular rich people, those are the people running the world, is the point of this article. Like, that's who's running the planet now. You know, some of these guys were like $200 billion. Is, is that a number that, right, some of these people are That's worth, what Putin's like, worth. They say Putin is, of, Putin is worth, t- he might be the richest man on earth because he's stolen okay. so much, yes. You know, a talk is cheap, but if you were in that position, wouldn't you like to just sit down one day and write thousands of checks for $200,000 and just mail them to people around I know, easy for me to say, but isn't spreading the wealth even ultimately better for you and society and in general i why why keep it all yourself i don't i don't get that i mean i agree and and to that end you know the you say what you want about bill gates and you know how he's you know Uh engineered virus and we're all being tracked by his personal um, websites and such but he at least is doing him and Warren Buffett and Melinda Gates. At least they're some of those people are trying to redistribute, redis, you know, to distribute some of their wealth. In right. fact, Melinda, Melinda Gates is on the uh, charity intelligence website as mm-hmm. as their mission statement. She says, you have to be humble in what you're doing, but you have to be bold. We'll go out there and try something. If it doesn't work, we'll try something else. And we'll keep trying until we find something that works. At least those people are trying to do something. I love that concept. Um, what what charity? It was a religious charity here in Toronto a few years ago, and they found out the guy at the top like had four houses, like right here in Ontario, yeah. big house in the Muskoka, big house in Forest Hill, and, and and cents per dollar through this religious charity. And I won't name them. It was something like eight cents on the dollar was actually getting to the cause. And the people at the top, the organizers, were living high off the hog. So that's why that that um, <laughs> I, just, I just love that expression. I love those old expressions. Living high off the hog. I don't people. I don't even think. First of all, no one uses that anymore. But no one even knows what the origin of that is. But yeah, it's about but, the best cuts are high on the hog. I guess right. <laughs> but Charity Intelligence Canada, like that's. That's a nightmare for a lot of people, I'll yeah. tell you. Uh, Dan Duran, do you have any other space-adjacent uh, stories? I was just going to mention that it's a full moon uh, tonight, just so you know. All right. Looking for a little uh, bright uh, wander out there. And, you know, just to go back a little bit, I don't think you uh, understand the whole Kim Kardashian, I don't. Uh, Kanye West thing no. enough. Just so you know, they, they've known each other for over 20 years. They were married for six uh, they have four kids named North St. Chicago and Psalm. 
and uh, and then also he's a wackout. So mm-hmm. you know, and <laughs> now you're up to date. Um, by the way, the name Mike uh, peaked in the 1960s, uh, ranking 51st uh, in our name game. And, Is that uh, Mike or uh, a derivative yeah, as well? No, Mike just Mike. Mike. Michael's number one. No, but Mike, it's Michael. M I. How do you spell Michael? M I C H A E. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was number one in the 1960s. Michael was and number 70s, one. I think. I think. Hang I on, hang on. 70s number one. 80s number one. But I'm sorry, mm-hmm. my friend. In the 2000s, you got dumped to number two. Right. And now in the year 2020. 2019, Michael fell down to, to 14th. There's just too many of us. Like, I think it's a almost... Saturation, yes. <laughs> yeah, but you weren't with us earlier where no one has named their kid Howard since my parents in 1960. <laughs> Actually said that on this chart. It said, the last people were Lou and Luba. Right. <laughs> L- Luba, name another Luba. name. Oh, when was the last time you met a young Luba? Like, that's another name. I know like, there's lots no of one. other Lubas. Let's see. No, there are no Lubas. Let me try Luba here. If there is, she lives on the second floor. Yeah. That's Luca. Oh, right. Luca. Still, right. Luca. still a good joke. <laughs> There's no... I don't see... There's Luba, no Luba, Luca. Same Luba. difference. There's no Lubas. There, what about Lou, my dad's name? Yeah, Lou dropped off. At one time, Lou was a very popular name, and then... Uh, Lou or Lewis? Uh, was well, your dad Lewis? Well, no. He, he I, Well, everyone... Every Lou is a Lewis, but he was a Lewis. Well, not necessarily. Like my, you know, my grandson is John, not Jonathan. And I always thought anybody named John would be Jonathan. But my daughter was quite adamant it's only John. Hmm. That's another spin on the new names nowadays. Well, that's true. I I know there's a lot of Jacks now, but Jack used to be a nickname for Jonathan, I think, right? Yes. Yes. No, Jack used to be a nickname for John. Yeah, but Which John is, is a nickname for Jonathan. Like, John no. and Jack come from Jonathan. No, yeah. they don't. John is different. Jonathan is a different name than John. I think it's even spelled differently. J-O-N-A-T-H-O-N is Jonathan. But any Johns I knew growing up, their names were Jonathan. Right. Just like every Mike I know, and I know a hundred of them, they're all Michaels. You don't. You don't know a hundred Mikes. You know what I'm going to tell you. Don't know. Although it's you pretty don't popular. Know them, though. I, I was could, a kid. That, I can write down a hundred Mikes too, but I don't know them. <laughs> when I was a kid, there was a ton of Mikes, Michaels. Oh, yeah. Obviously, I well, grew every, up in the seventies. Every I was in a slow pitch team. There were nine of us, and three of us were named Mike. Yeah. And I was on that team for a decade, so mm-hmm. we had three mics, and uh, one sadly passed away. Rest mm-hmm. in peace, I know. R.I.P. Uh, real quick note from Facebook. So uh, you were talking about rich people giving their money to like poor people or whatever. Two things. One that from me is that the same qualities that create these ultra rich people, those qualities are sort of prevent them from giving their money away. Like the, you, you sort of have to be like selfish and uh, to get that kind of money. And it's very unlikely you suddenly become selfless and start giving it away. But I want to read Paul Romanek's comment on your Facebook. Paul Romanek says, your thinking there is almost socialist, he's pointing out. It's almost a socialist mentality to, to, to distribute the money evenly amongst the peoples. So what's wrong with that? In this case, these are rich people. Well, yeah, but no, but the idea of redistributing wealth is socialism. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before we leave names, though, of course, I was referencing uh, this this morning. Hi. Hold on a second. It's um, It's in my dad's store. Remember this song? I know, these are, these are, it's um, these are the days I know, I know, these are the days I know. 
These are the days I know, I know. These are the days I know. Yeah, anyway, I was going to play that before you went over to the uh, Facebook topic. Um, speaking of Romanuk, I thought it was funny. Romanuk tweets out yesterday, hey, when are you going to have Romanuk back on the Humble and Fred show? And I was like, soon, that'll be soon. But then I thought, when's Romanuk going to have us on his little Beatles podcast, huh? You've been asked? No. He only has famous Canadian musicians. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Beatles, quickly, I, I saw a clip the other day. Ringo, I think, was on Jimmy Kimmel, and they were talking about Get Back and all the stuff that was covered uh, in the documentary. And uh, Ringo said one thing they didn't touch on was farting. He said they used to fart, all of them, a lot. And he said sometimes they'd get mad at each other because they were so bad. He said, yeah, sometimes we'd be annoyed. Somebody would drop a bomb right in the middle of something and we'd get mad. And then Jimmy Kimmel said, who was the worst for gas? And he said, hands down, Paul was the worst Paul, yeah. farter of the four. The fab farters. I'm sorry, my lads. I had some Brussels sprouts last night. <laughs> These are the farts I know, I know. These are the farts I know. I know. Farts. This is why you guys are the uh, Beatles of podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> how, did you, how did your dad spell his name? Lou, L-O-U? Yes. But I, I know my dad was a Lewis. I thought that all Lou's start with Lewis, just as all Howie's. Although not all yeah. of them. A lot. There are some Howies that are just H O W I E, and that's yeah, their well, names. They're never. They've never yeah. been a Howard. Yeah, same. Most of the Fredericks I know, like my official name is Frederick. Obviously, don't use it that often. Except on your there's Zoom. There's probably some just uh, flat out Freds out there. Yeah, you, you don't use it that often, except every day on your Zoom window. It says Frederick Patterson. Oh, right. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I sign off, too, on my emails often, Frederick. Yeah. But nobody day-to-day. <laughs> it's weird. I do, too. I saw often sign Frederick just for fun. <laughs> just to confuse people. Um, all right. Is that enough show? We done? Well, we, by the way, Boone, great job. I, was it yesterday I called you and said we need to yeah. talk about Ukraine? Yesterday afternoon, and then I did my uh, my homework, and I found who I thought would be the perfect guest for the segment, and she was awesome. And she by the was. way, I agree with her. You guys are legends. I know you guys don't like to toot your own horn there, but uh, you guys are. Le- I don't think she said the word legend, but she was thinking it. Oh, she was on the. Uh, was was in, are you saying that legend was inferred but not said? I sense she meant that, yeah. Yes. So did I, uh, Michael. On on their site, charityintelligence.ca, here's Warren Buffett saying, giving away money is easy. Giving away money well is fiendishly difficult. Right. Oh, right. It's not easy, man. So there are links. I put links in the Facebook page for this video, this live stream, that uh, go directly to that article that Kate was talking about, which mentions the charities you could give to to help Ukrainian people. And uh, there's links there to do the donations, so... Hit that mm-hmm. link and give what you can. You know, I, I, I mentioned to Larry, and I've said it a few times over the last couple of weeks since the convoy nonsense. And, you know, I sort of feel a little bit sheepish for all the times we've made fun of how dumb Americans are and how stupid this whole QAnon and how the fucking right wing nonsense. And I sort of feel like, you know, I kind of enjoyed feeling superior. And now that's been taken away. But not completely. As you're going to hear in this clip, it's 45 seconds. And uh, if I follow these guys, I follow them on TikTok. I follow them on Twitter. They're called the Good Liars. And what they do is they go to Trump rallies and they talk to 
much like uh, the guy from The Daily Show. They're both very, very good. They're very sort of uh, deadpan delivery. But here's a woman explaining about what COVID-19 really meant. When it came out, it was Corona, right? Corona. Corona is six letters. When you use Dematria and you say A is one, B is two, C is three, and you put Corona lined out at six, six. So that's six, six, six. But we found that out. So they're saying the white wing crazies found it out. So they changed it to COVID-19, which is C. What is this C, right? To C, yeah. Ovid, look it up. Ovid means sheep. 19. Military code for surrender. <laughs> See, sheep, surrender. That's no joke. Wow, that I, that is actually the first I've heard of that. So, <laughs> just when you think, well, we're just the same as they are. No, we're not. And by the way, Ovid isn't sheep. It's Ovis is sheep. Just not only that, but that military code does not exist. Because I heard a military expert say, this is not a thing. This No, I know. Well, none of it's a thing. I know, I know. <laughs> and here's a girl, one of my favorite memes, Freddie, is this. It's easy to name everything a conspiracy when you don't know how anything works. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's so good. Speaking of, Mike, on our Facebook this week, I, 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 I saw you were replying to somebody, and I couldn't make the connection. It said, um, you ask, and if they decline, let it go. Who were you talking about? Richard Surrett. Yeah, no, I agree. Because yeah. I asked and he said no. And then yes. you said, I'll take it from here. So you took on that as kind of every, your pest. Do you really want a guest who said no a couple of dozen times? And has uh, no, oh, like, oh, no. It's like me and Dan Duran. Do I really want Dan Duran on Toronto Mike? Oh, and I said a bit of it was a test because I know what Richard's all about. And I'm and I'm so deeply saddened and disappointed by it on a daily basis i would just like it was a test because i want those guys i'd like him to come on and just answer some basic questions for us and and see but i know he doesn't want to answer the questions well if it's a test you know somebody's failing it um no you're right do we really want what i was gonna Uh say is you know i had a relationship with richard we did we sort of worked around him and then Mm -hmm. we got him on the show on the show and the under the eye guys which i was fascinated by the conspiracy theories and the the Mm -hmm. uh you know, the Kennedy stuff, all stuff. that, Natalie, great. But then I just devolved into this other thing. Uh, getting back to that woman, though, I love the comments below. And this is one of my, I cannot, <laughs> this is my favorite. It says, I can't get over how some people think there's a secret global cabal that controls yeah. the world and that they are like, they, and that they like to leave coded clues to their plans like a goddamn Batman villain. <laughs> Like the Riddler. <laughs> the Riddler. Here's another one, Fred. You'll love this. If you can listen to Trump's new rule, if you can listen to Trump speak without thinking, that guy sounds like an idiot. You're an idiot. <laughs> well, and which brings me to Surrett, because I heard him go on a couple of days ago how brilliant Trump was by telling G- the Germans they should stop uh, buying oil from the Russians. And it just reeked of, where is, where is he at with all this stuff? Like, it almost sounds... You know, he's one of those guys that Putin, you know, he's not. He's got a point. Yeah, he's got a point. This Putin guy, you know, it isn't all bad. Like, if you can look at Trump and go, that's not all bad, or I admire that human being, it's not much of a leap, is it? 
I will right. say this, though. They've really changed their tune on Fox now. It's like there's no... Yeah. They still take shots at Biden because that's their job, but there's no lingering Trump love on there. In fact, it's interesting to me that it seems like he's been pretty quiet through the last couple of weeks, although Mitch McConnell and a few other prominent Republicans were asked, you know, if Trump was to run again in 2024, would you support him? Including Bill Barr. They mm-hmm. all went, yeah. What the fuck is Repu- that? He'd be the Republican, they said. So I have to support the Republican. Donald Jr., by the way, has recommended that his dad get in the middle. You know, just push Biden out oh, of the Oh, yeah, I saw that tweet, yeah. Look after all this because wow. Donald could yeah, he'd, bring it to a quick resolution. Yeah, Donald Jr. tweeted that Trump should go over there and mm-hmm. he can put an end to this thing. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? Did we miss anything, Dan? Is there any uh, leftover stuff? We're not doing another show until Monday. Uh, well, there's a whole uh, Putin saying about the self cleansing. Just the. What is that? that. Oh, he was uh, at his latest speech he gave. Uh, he was talking about the fifth column. I don't really understand what that's all about. But the just uh, basically saying that 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 uh, Russians should weed out, you know, people who uh, are uh, have spread the West conspiracy. Oh yeah, yeah. He's uh, getting rid of people that are. I would have heard that. I saw that clip this morning too. He's basically saying that if you're a Russian and you have sort of West leaning. Sentiments, you know, you can fuck away, but yeah. What did he? But I don't even know. It's the self cleansing part of it was the weird part. It's like, what does that mean? Does that mean that other Russians are supposed to take out anybody who has any kind of West leaning, and or is the whole state going to be cleansing the uh, the whole country of people who uh, don't quite agree with him? Well, there therein lies the whole connection to evangelicals and why yep. they're they like Putin because the whole idea of making the world white, religious, you know, intolerant of gays and abortion is what they want, and uh, that you know he's sort of their post poster boy for that. Yeah, and that, and again, I don't know. Anyway, I won't say richard's name again but so many disturbing things that i see it's wow people think that way you know and if richard did decide to come on i can promise you you would find the experience uh, nothing but frustrating and there's enough there's enough mm-hmm. frustration in life i don't know if you want to keep banging mm-hmm. your head against that wall but. oh yeah we got a, we we got a lot of frustration <laughs> we are um <laughs> There's a couple a things left over. And a couple things left over as camp. Uh, daylight savings time. Uh, that looks like that is going to go away. They did. The U.S. Senate voted something. I love the names of these. The Sunshine Protection Act. <laughs> the Sunshine Protection Act bill that would make daylight savings time permanent. And uh, we had spoken yesterday about how it was a bit of a myth, the mythology of uh, more more light for the farmers. Ontario and B.C. have already passed measures, as you guys mentioned, that basically are going to go with whatever those Americans decide. Um, Saskatchewan and the Yukon, uh, ahead of this, the Yukon changed to um, standard time only, I guess, in 2020. Saskatchewan, famously, I grew up where the clocks never changed. Mm-hmm. 1961 is when they passed that. Full of farmers. Well, because in those days, I guess they thought that um, more daylight could help conserve 
Research points to a, a very real correlation between clock flipping and seasonal affective disorder. They say that more daylight could help conserve energy and spur growth for, mal, for small businesses by encouraging more people to go out while there's still light. They also say, though, there's still some value in keeping the old-fashioned way, like avoiding late sunrises in the winter. For instance, in Ontario, uh, on the winter solstice of December yeah. 21st, the sun would have risen at 8.47 in the morning. Yeah. Without the clocks having, you know, gone back. I don't care myself because it's dark and dreary anyway. But what right. do you say about that? I say it's something to think about. I mean, the the overall subject, really, I don't care one way or the other at this point in my life because it really doesn't matter, does it? Because of if you're somebody that gets up in the morning and goes to work and maybe that is an issue, I, 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 I don't know. Because as soon as we eliminate it, right, we would never really think about it again, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'd adapt. Um, we'd adapt. Yeah. yeah. Um, an interesting point, though, you know, um, that came out of Florida, Marco Rubio or whatever. And Florida is an interesting situation for that. When I was there, you know, in the panhandle where I was in Panama City, it's the central time zone. Mm-hmm. And so, so it goes right through Florida in that area. And I, we went on a day trip one day, and there's this town near Mexico Beach, and there's a bridge. And one side of the bridge, it's Eastern Time, and the other side of the bridge, it's Central Time. And um, they've had referendums a lot over the years, I think a half a dozen in the past 50 years. And the people always decide to keep it the way it is for whatever reason. But you, you want to talk about screwy. Because you're thinking, okay, that restaurant closes at 11. Well, wait a minute. What side of the bridge is it on and all that stuff? I mean, for a tourist, it can get pretty wacky, to be honest, because it did for us. But there's a lot of situations like that. When when you're on the line, the t- t- time is, is, is crazy. It's too, yeah, bad. it's too bad Mr. Goohead didn't call them. Is it seven? Is it five? And, and believe me, I, I know if they adopted, you're still going to have time zones. I, I get that, but I'm just saying when it comes to looking at time and situations, Florida is an example of one of those places where the timeline is right in, in populated state, yeah. areas. What were we going to say there? I was just going to say that as far as DST goes, I'd rather have uh, I'd rather have a, a, a later amount of time in the day for sunshine, like, like later in the day. Morning. Yeah. Yeah. More sunshine, which would be a daylight saving time. So are time. we on daylight yeah. savings or we, we went off daylight? So now we're back to no, Eastern Standard Time. No, we're no. on daylight. Now we're on daylight savings. savings. Yeah. So we're going to stay on daylight savings. Mm-hmm. That's the proposal. And let's just do that. Okay. Yeah. I used to that. do this joke about Saskatchewan hasn't changed their clocks. Uh, everywhere else in the country, Saskatchewan, it's always like 1950 because it's mm-hmm. old fashioned. Uh, Mike, mm-hmm. do you have any final thoughts? Before, what? Do you have, is there more show? How much more show do we do? Well, the only thing I was going to bring God. up is going back to St. Patrick's Day. I did a little research on okay. St. Patrick. And at one point, he like he lived around 400 A.D. or so. Sure he did. Uh, and at one point, he uh, he went to study in France. He wasn't even uh, Irish. And the town he studied in was Auxerre. Oh. Remember? Uh, a town that yeah. Dan and I have visited on our We Won't Fuck German mm-hmm. Girls tour. <laughs> 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 oh. That was great. That was our tour. Yeah. We went to Auxerre and drank wine on cobblestone streets and sang and oh, laughed at it. It was. Sounds it was great. Fun. 
Yeah, we drank it out of a paper bag. I don't think it was legal to do whatever we were no, doing. No, we had a bottle of wine. We had booze in a bag, and we were walking late nights on this street back in, uh, oh, back in 19... Memories. What would that have been? 1982? 83? Something, something like, like that. that yeah. oh, and you kept uh, yelling something to do with hookers. Oh, right. We were looking for hookers. That's right. <laughs> no, I know what it was. I was pretending we were World War II. Uh, we were veterans of the war, and we were looking for French hookers to celebrate uh, Armistice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was that bit. Yeah. Um, one final note on um, St. Patty's Day. I think the last time I actually even celebrated it, it was Dan with Dan at a place called the Montreal House in Peterborough. And what I'll always remember about the Montreal House, it's since been renovated. Now it's a barbecue pit or something. You'd go in the bathroom and there was two stalls for the toilets. But one of the stalls had been broken down. So when you went in there, the toilet was actually just out in the open beside all the urinals and everything, which was weird. It wasn't protected by a stall. Mm. The weirdest part, I went in there one day and a guy was using it. But having a dump. <laughs> having a dump. Just out in the open. Yeah. Free range. So it's a communal thing where, you know, they have four or five urinals yeah. and then the two stalls, traditional. Well, the stall had been, I guess, in a fight one night. Somebody had bashed it down. So this, and they never put it up again. So this toilet's exposed there. Yeah, and I was there one day, and it was in early afternoon. I walk in there, and a guy's sitting on the toilet because the other stall was being used. See, I don't think I could, unless that was a desperation dump, I don't think I could do it. I, no. did, I don't. I don't think I could walk in for just a regulation dump, like no urgency, but like, ah, maybe I could. Yeah. I don't think I could just sit there out, uh, out in the open. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> oh, it didn't bother this guy. Believe me, I held my pee. I looked at it and I did a, like a quick turn and out of there because <laughs> there was no this. way I was having a piss while this guy's having a crap. Well, he's was squeezing out a crunchy. <laughs> Do you remember that, Dan? The exposed yeah. toilet. Oh, no, I totally remember that. Yeah, I think they they uh, they replaced it a couple of times and then just said forget about it because it yeah. was like a, it was a real. It was a bit of a dirty spot, right? Oh, you yeah. think? Oh, yeah. I, didn't really. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think uh, that's evidenced by the fact that they didn't replace the the, the shit divider. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't put back the divider in the uh, washroom. Yeah. yeah, that says a lot about your company. <laughs> uh, I don't know. So, final word here to one of the uh, somebody who's a big fan of ours on Facebook. They wrote a note saying, uh, "Hey, you guys, the bouncy castles keep coming up in conversation." You know, with um, mm-hmm. the freedom convoy idiots. Mm-hmm. He said, it, it occurred to me that a white supremacist on a bouncy castle is just still a white supremacist, right? You just, <laughs> he said, just because you're doing something a little fun doesn't make you less evil. And then he says, maybe Putin should help his public image by just putting up bouncy castles. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a good point. Uh, listen, everyone, we're back on Monday. We have another full week of Humble and Fred uh, entertaining next week. Uh, before, actually, now we have a sponsor for this. Uh, and now with uh, what's happening on the show next week, here's a message first from Bodog. Cursing during your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard. You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. All right, Michael. Uh, Toronto Mike, the podcast. Uh, the uh, one we were on recently, uh, episode 1021 is coming up in the next week or so. Yeah, I just want to 
just before I run down next week's lineup, just let people know that uh, Toast is back tonight. So Stu Stone and Cam Gordon will be sitting here in the TMDS studio, and we'll be live on uh, the Pirate Stream, live.torontomike.com at 7 p.m., kicking out the jams and having a good time on St. Patrick's Day. Okay. Hey, Mike, are you aware of an old uh, CFNY song uh, called Toast? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Paul Young, I want to say, is sing- a street band, I think. And, uh, yeah, it was a street band. Oh, okay. I was just wondering. Yeah, yeah Paul Young is the vocalist it. on that jam. Is he really? Yeah, I think yeah, so. I think so. Uh, yeah. Do you yeah, ever? Oh, no, you're I, kidding I, me? I, Love it. Love that song. In fact, we use that as our opening theme as part of that. Oh, do you really? I was. Th- this is what I was getting at. I, I'll yeah. have to listen to Toast to hear that song. <laughs> I, I knew that. I've listened to Toast all the time. Well, this is our third Toast. Remember, this was Pandemic Fridays, and mm-hmm. then for a variety of reasons, I rebranded this thing. It's hard it's to toast. keep track. <laughs> and that's why we have a mascot here on the live stream. I have uh, our Toast mascot ready for tonight. But Oh, cool. Toast. Yeah. Look at that. Toast. And yeah, by the way, that episode 1021, I've been uh, putting it together because it's going to drop hopefully like on the 25th i think which will be next friday but uh, your contributions again both uh, humble and fred uh, really really fantastic and fred i love that you could speak to uh, you know the pete and geet show uh, mm-hmm. before we get to humble and fred so it's fantastic oh here we go I, and we used yes. to play uh, this song all the time mm-hmm. that's a short song right uh, it's like two, two minutes and something you know what i don't know the time dan please because the expedia ad is, is playing it's not it's um here we go. I'd like to tell you a story about when I was a very young boy. I must have been three or four months old at the time, and I didn't know what I wanted. But if I did, I wouldn't have been able to tell anybody, because all I could do was gurgle. Rubbing me eggy so I thought... When does it start? I hated this. I hated It's coming. I could tell it. And I have toast. Oh, there we go. A little piece of toast. Because there's so much to choose from. There's brown bread, white bread, all sorts of wholemeal bread. It comes in friendly packages with writing on the side. But it doesn't matter which one you have. Because cut the crust off, have it with marmalade or butter, cheese, tomatoes, beans, banana. Or chocolate, if it's strange, it doesn't really matter. Oh, no, it all goes with toast. There you go. That was a very famous yeah, CFNY song right there. Well, I was going to ask. I, I said CFNY. Would you have, would you have ever played that song prior, Howard? Anywhere? Never. Or, no? Never heard it. In okay. fact, but we played it quite a bit on our show from time to time. We would oh, if yes. we needed to time out to the news or something. It's one of those short songs. So you always go to you know like Tainted Love or yes. <laughs> or a song song, song two. two. That was another Humble and Fred stable. And there was a Sloan song you would go to that was like two minutes long. Good and everyone, I think. Yeah, something like that so uh, uh the lead singer of street band of course is paul young and that's mm-hmm. sort of what they're famous for now the start of paul young but yeah we do interpolate that song as part of the uh the uh intro to toast so 7 p.m tonight if anybody wants to party with us guys at uh hey uh, speaking of Stu stone he's got a new yeah. his series is it a short yeah. series what so, is that it's a web series, yes. and they are very short episodes. So you can really like consume this quickly. There's like six episodes. In fact, I was saving my review for tonight because I'm going to tell Stu. But I watched them all, and uh, good job. Like it's just you know it was recorded, I guess, a couple of years ago now, early in the pandemic, I think. But uh, or maybe before the pandemic, 2019. But uh, yeah, really good job. They're called the Stu Sessions. Okay. Yeah, I saw yeah, a little. I saw Stu put up a trailer and pa- pass on. Uh, I just saw a clip of it. I thought it was very clever, and uh, please pass on um, uh, best wishes. All right, Michael, let's wrap this up. Okay, so next week. This isn't Toronto Mike. I don't know how you stay awake for more than two hours. 
Most episodes of Toronto Mike, they're between 60 and 90 minutes. All that right. is a fun fact for you guys. All okay. Right. Monday, Hebsey returns. So we're going to talk baseball because baseball's back and everybody's excited. So oh. this Jay's team looks stacked. It's going to be Is awesome. he calling us from uh, Florida? Uh, no, no. He's calling you. He's back okay. by, uh, next week. All right. I'm so pumped about the Jaybirds. Oh, me too. Freddie, this is it because like, we don't have to do that Dunedin and Buffalo bullshit. Yeah, like we can yeah. play all the games at the Dome. It's a great yeah. lineup, great rotation. Let's go. Yep. All right. Okay. But more on Monday and more sports, of course. Uh, Richard Krause. So it's Oscar. Uh, I guess not this weekend, but the one after is the Oscars. And Richard Krause is going to come on and set you up for the Oscars and tell you the great movies uh, you should be checking out. Okay. And I'm interested to hear what he thinks of the power of the dog because, by all accounts, it's going to win Best Picture. And I'm telling you, it was a snooze fest. I mean, I'm sorry. I love. I watched every minute of that. It's on Netflix. The Power of the Dog. But man, did it put me to sleep. So Rachel, here's the did. thing. Rachel loved it. Uh, the woman who directed it, Jane Campion, I think is yeah. her name. She's a very, you know, well thought of director. And uh, she said, "Oh, you got to watch it." And I just started. I was like, I don't know if I have. Is it two hours and? It's 20 so minutes or something. There's good parts and, to it, uh, but it's a snooze fest. I mean, I'm sorry and. I asked around, like, my, my brother, my wife, they agreed that it's, like, the most... Like, I'll never get that two and a half hours back. Here's the thing. I was surprised, because Dan, and we, we sort of joked on uh, Monday, that Dan started watching this movie, and then Rachel and I went, oh, well, if Dan liked it, we should watch it. It's called The Adam Project. Oh, I watched Ryan it. Ryan yeah. Reynolds. Everyone loves it. Rachel and I get to about the hour mark and go, I don't know if I have any energy left for the end of this. I actually didn't think it was that good a movie, but... Uh, you know, well, it makes you think of better movies like Back to the Future. Yes. Like, that's what it did to me. It had Back to the Future vibes, but Back to the Future is so superior to it that you're sort of like, why don't I just watch that? So that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday okay. next week. Okay. So wait, that's Hebsey's Monday. Yeah. Richard Krause's Tuesday. Paul Romanuk, he doesn't know it yet, but it was going to be uh, Kevin Donovan was going to talk about the Sherman files and everything. <laughs> the Sherman files. Anyway, we're switching it up. So Paul uh, is going to be Wednesday, whether he knows it or not. I sent him an email. So Paul okay. Romanuk is Wednesday morning. And then this is exciting on Thursday because NHL playoffs are coming and uh, trade deadline and all that. Darren Dreger. Dregs. Double D. Double D. Mm-hmm. Dregs. Good guest. Good yeah. guest. Very good guest. Dregs Great good. lineup next week, Michael. And just a tease for the week, just because I know there's a lot of Men Without Hats fans listening yes. to us right now. Of course, uh, the safety dance was a huge global phenomenon. Ivan, the founder and lead singer and songwriter for Men Without Hats, will be joining you on the next Tuesday. So I just wanted to tease that because that'll be amazing. You can play safety dance and find out how much money he's made off that jam. Well, I'll tell you, like first wave on Sirius XM, they play that song. Yeah. You know. He doesn't have to work another day in his life because Does he of that really? Song. Is it uh, well, is it really like never work again money because of one song? Yeah, I believe so. Like the licensing for that song and wow. movies mm-hmm. and shows and commercials. Uh, yeah, I, be- I I mean I asked, I had him on my show, so I asked him straight out, and uh, yeah, he's he's good on that one song. Nice. Well, speaking of a tease and music uh, behind the scenes, Boone and I are working on a huge guest to return, right? To return to the humble and Fred show. Okay. Really? Yes. Someone that was on. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's Richard Surrett. <laughs> That's right. No, I uh, think I know who it is. Yeah, well, it's, I'll tell you what. If we get him, uh, it'll be uh, his second appearance, and he 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 actually was good to us. He he came on early, gave us a little bit of podcast cred, and it would be great to have him on again. Now into our eleventh year, ten years after his first appearance on this show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, do, do you know what, do you have any sense of who we're talking about here? Yes. All right. I'm pretty Hi. sure, yes. Well, it's going to be fantastic. Uh-huh. Um, Dan Duran, uh, I hope you have a nice weekend. I hope uh, you're not too upset about the end of your ice sculptures and things. No, it's time for change, you know. Yes, it is. Time for a change. Uh, right. Nicer weather coming up. I love it. Okay. Uh, everyone else, uh, have a safe weekend. Uh, charityintelligence.ca. That's the last thing you're going to hear me say. Take care. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, and GoDaddy. For Humble and Fred, I'm Daniel Duran. And don't forget, <laughs> Howard and Frederick will return Monday with a new show. The towns we know, a place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow, pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone, bottles and cans, and just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that?